Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my uh, co-host, the uh, tenacious, the titillating, Tyler Dean. I'm actually here. You're here! Two in a row! It's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. Um, no vacations? Nothing? No cruises? Mm. I haven't gone on a cruise in no, a long no, time. Yeah, no trips up north? In two and a half years. No trips to San Antonio? It's too hot. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It, should, it couldn't have been that bad. 90. Jeez. Um, well, welcome back again, Tyler, to uh, our wonderful show. We've got a lot going on, trade deadline stuff going on. Uh, trade deadline is what next Tuesday? Yeah, we're talking about normally the trade. I really don't care the trade deadline because nobody trades in the NFL yet. Here we are, and this year's kind of been a little baseball-y and a little in trade trades. happy, little trade happy going on in there. I mean, we we've got a bunch of trades going on. Um, name players. I mean, we're we're not talking like like minute guys here. We're talking name players getting moved around. Uh, last week, we—I mean—we saw it get started with guys like Austin Corbett, Jalen Ramsey getting moved around, Marcus Peters getting moved mm-hmm. around. We got to see all those, and uh, this week we have got even more. So that—that's going to be very entertaining when we we hop into it. We had some exciting games over the weekend. I was at one of them. I was real happy. I got to see my Vikings play. You did? Yes, I did. I got to go down down there. It was a sweetest day gift. It was a sweetest day present. Isn't that nice? That was a hell of a sweetest day gift. That's. Expensive Swiss Day gift. It was expensive, but at least I got to see my boys. Now, we're going to get into that score in a minute, um, but we got some other scores to get into. Tyler, are you ready? Do it. All right, here are your scores for Week 7 in the NFL, starting with the Chiefs and the Broncos. Chiefs just dominate the hell out of the Broncos, 30-6. to uh, Andy Reid gets his uh, 200th regular season game win as a uh, head coach. He's been around for forever in the day, that Wilford Grimley-looking guy. Um, in this game, Patrick Mahomes goes down with a knee injury. Uh, Matt Moore was the starter, so that was entertaining. Mahomes with the, uh, the dislocated patella is what he's got going on. Yeah, and they were, and Broncos just aren't very good. Yeah, no, um, not at all. got much going there. And Joe basically stepped into the sinking ship and was like, all right, we'll try this. Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 30 to 6. The Chiefs go on to 5 and 2. They, they get out of their slump here. Uh, the Broncos drop to 2 and 5. Um, we knew it was going to be a rough outing, uh, but I didn't know that without Patrick Mahomes, it was going to be still a rough outing. Um, next up, you got the Rams and the Falcons. Rams just beat the holy high hell out of the Falcons, 37-10. to Rams 4-3 on the year, Falcons 1-6. The Rams are now 6-0 and when playing in the Eastern time zone in the McVay era. Um, the, the Rams finally got going. I mean, I understand it's Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't have a good defense, but but, but still, the, the story here to me is the fact that the Rams defense held um, one of the hottest offenses to ten points. Yeah, to almost nothing. Uh, Matt Ryan didn't look good. Matt Schaub came in late in the game. He actually—it's funny, Matt Schaub when he actually came in—and it's been a while since we've seen Matt Schaub as a starter. But Matt Schaub came in and went six for six for sixty-five yards and a touchdown on the game. So I mean. Matt Schaub got in the end zone. Uh, the touchdown, the one lone touchdown, was to Austin Hooper. Um, but Matt Ryan, probably his one of his roughest outings. I would say that probably is his roughest outing of the year. I mean, he's no, been for putting sure. up monster numbers all season long. He goes 60 for seven, or 27 for uh, 159 in a pick. 
on that game. But Jared Goff kind of rose from the ashes here, 22 for 37, 268, two touchdowns. Looking like a different Jared Goff than we've seen for the last three weeks. Um, Rams get bumped up to 4-3 and um, and kind of get themselves back on track. Uh, the Dolphins drop one, drop their sixth in a row now to the Bills. Dolphins fall to 0-6. Bills go to 5-1. Bills win 31-21. The Bills 5-1 to start the season for the first time since 2008. That's why. Is that recent? In 2008, Ryan Fitzpatrick, believe it or not. Of all people. Of all people, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, um, fine, i got a fun fact for you, though. Oh, boy. Um, the Bills' defense, which we've known to be very good mm-hmm. this year, um, gave, the Dolphins put the most points against the Bills of any team this year so far, including the Patriots. Which is somewhat terrifying. I, I mean, it really... Putting ones a season high that the defense to let in. Yeah. But, it's like, I, it's like I said, I was talking about it earlier, Division games are weird, so I'm not going to chalk this up as the Bills defense going down or, or Miami picking it up. It's, not it's, it's, it's division. That, that's exactly what it is, I think. I, I think Josh Allen, um, Josh Allen, he's a great quarterback. I mean, let's just face that fact. Josh Allen's a great quarterback right now. He's been playing really good ball. I, is he a good passer? No, but, but you know, you love that yards from scrimmage stuff. That's what Josh Allen is there for. He's a yards from scrimmage kind of guy. He's a running quarterback. Um, He's just not doing it as well as some certain other ones. Yeah, and, and we'll get into that one too. But but um, I like Josh Allen right now, and, and I wasn't real high on him at the beginning of last year, and he turned it up this year. I gotta I gotta t- say he's been pretty impressive. He has. Um, and and the Bills defense, as usual, the Bills defense has just been lights out. Um, they're they're a top five defense right now, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they, right now, yeah, I think they're yeah I think they're um, number two yeah. in the league. But, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive uh, for the, to see the Buffalo Bills doing and that. They were two last year. Yeah. Yep, they're, they're impressive. So, uh, But the Bills, 31-21 over the Dolphins. 5-1 for the first time since 2008. I'm impressed. Uh, next up, you got the uh, Jags and the Bengals. Jags beat the Bengals 27-17. Jaguars go to 3-4. and Minshew Mania gets it done. Uh, Bengals drop to 0-7. They're 0-7 for the first time since 2008. Um, yeah. Uh, A.J. Green um, the, is still hurt. They're still hurting for him. Andy Dalton's not getting it done. They just can't get Joe Mixon going. They can't do get anything going uh, with the Bengals. In the meantime, the Jags get it done uh, without uh, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, arguably one of Minshew's last games as a starter. Yeah, and it could very well be. Nick Foles did return to practice this week, so we'll be getting into that stuff, and we'll, we'll discuss that in a little while. But the Jags uh, move up to 3-4. and four. On the year next up, the game that I was in, that I was at, not in, but at, uh, the Vikings beat the Lions 42 to 30. Um, the Vikings move on to five and two. Lions drop to two, three and one. Marvin Jones was the talk of the town on this game. Four receiving touchdowns. He was tied for a franchise record. But there were a lot of cool things going on in this game. Um, it was almost a back and forth kind of game, very offensive based. The Vikings defense did not play up to snuff. Uh, Lions drop a 30-burger on them, but the Vikings drop a 40-burger on the Lions. Um, and neither defense were, were played very very great. No, no, but but still doing what he does is Kirk Cousins, and so we got to see that, and Dalvin Cook as well, and we got to see some Stephon Diggs stuff, So, and Adam Thielen did get hurt in this game, so uh, we've, we've got some stuff to talk about as far as that game, but the Vikings get it done, and uh, they're going to be taking on Washington in a short week. Uh, tomorrow night, Thursday Night Football, they'll be taking on the Redskins. Um, next up, we've got the Packers and the Raiders. Packers beat the Raiders 42-24. to 
Uh, Packers go to six and one. Raiders drop to three and three. The Packers are 15 and three versus AFC West opponents since 2002. Um, just Aaron Rodgers doing what Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what it what it was here. It was all Rodgers all day. Um, defense was fine. I mean, against a Raiders team that I guess is kind of they do they do score. On. They, they're hit or miss. Yeah. I think they're kind of hit or miss. They're they're a very middle of the road kind of team. Uh, Raiders dropped to three and three on the year. Um, I like the Raiders. I like the, I think they've made some great strides under John Gruden. I want to see if they can keep it up. Um, next up, you got the Colts and the Texans. Kind of a surpriser here. Uh, the Colts beat the Texans 30 to 23. Uh, Texans dropped to four and three. Colts go to four and two. Jacoby Brissett on the day had four passing touchdowns. It's a career high for him. And uh, the Colts get it done in a divisional game against a very tough, very game uh, Texans team. And I'm I'm surprised to see the the Texans dropping this one. Especially with Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback, but Jacoby Brissett is proving that he can be a starter in this league, and it's kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And and you also still have Marlon Mack over there doing what he does, T.Y. Hilton doing what he does. So the Colts getting it done and uh, keeping that division within reach here, uh, so they can take it and possibly go uh, further in the playoffs. So kudos to them. Uh, next up, you got the Cardinals and the Giants. Cardinals win their third in a row, 27-21 over the Giants. Um, Chase Edmonds, the talk of the town, three rushing touchdowns. He had a monster day for the Cardinals. Cardinals go to 3-3-1. Three, three Giants drop to 2-5. and five. Uh, Danny Dimes getting beat. That was his third loss in a row now. Yeah. It's his third. Um, and, and Saquon Barkley um, supposed to be uh, the, the catalyst for, for the Giants. He's ultimately becomes the catalyst for the Giants and for Danny they Dimes. Something. Yeah, they, they're, not, they're missing a lot of pieces over there. Uh, next up, you got the 49ers and the Redskins. Uh, probably a huge snooze fest for the day. The Niners beat the Redskins nine to nothing. Just three field goals. 49ers are six and zero for the first time since 1990. The Redskins can't get anything going. Case Keenum was absolutely abysmal, and uh, the Redskins drop another one, and they drop to one and six on the year. Thank you to the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, they're they're still better than the Dolphins, and they're still better than the Bengals. Can't forget yes. them too. So I mean, they still have one win. So. Uh, Good for them. Um, next up, we got the Chargers and the Titans. Titans squeaked by the Chargers, 23 to 20. Ryan Tannehill comes in for his first start as a Titan, 312 passing yards, which is uh, the most since he, that he's had since Week Three of 2016. Wow. Um, he was actually pretty accurate on the day too. Titans getting it done. The Chargers. Uh, it. This is a team that we were talking about as a potential Super Bowl team. What's happening? What is I happening? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. They always is the defense it. that lost without Darius uh, Leonard? What, what do you mean, Derwin James? Derwin James? Yeah, yes. they, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just lost. I don't get it. I don't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It does not make sense. This was a team that was unstoppable last year, and they have fallen apart, and now they're sitting at 2-5. and five. It just makes no sense. And they're losing the, the lowly Titans right now. Right. And... Makes about as much sense as the fact that the Saints still haven't lost a game in the Bridgewater. Yeah, and and that's exactly what went on. The Saints go and they they the 36 to 25 over the Bears this week. Saints moved to six and one. Uh, Bears dropped to three and three. Teddy Bridgewater he's won eight of his last nine road starts. The the Saints just getting it done. Uh, Drew Brees has returned to practice though. We've heard that he's throwing. This team's not to be deadly without yeah. having their quarterback back. He's- Essentially, um, he's not going to come back rusty. He, he, his injury was on his non-throwing arm, and he's going he, to come back fresh and ready to go. I'm going to say this. I, I think Drew Brees can come back, and he's going to come back pissed. 
I agree. Drew Brees is going to be pissed, and he's going to come in, and he's just going to light the world on fire. I'm expecting it. But the good news for the Saints is that they still do have Teddy Bridgewater hanging out, waiting in the wings, and he's been getting it done. They've won five in a row with Teddy He'll Bridgewater. He'll be a starter next season. I think so. And, and you know, Brees' contract is up at the end of this year. Um, it's looking that way, and, and Drew Brees is going to come back on fire. Oh, I didn't say the Saints. Oh, you think he's going to start elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Oh, gee. Um, next up, you got the Ravens, your boys. They beat the Seahawks 30-16. to They beat them in, in, I mean, decisive fashion. Uh, Lamar Jackson outrushed the Ravens' opponent for the third time this season. He outrushed them, the yeah, quarterback. He alone outrushed the team rush yards. Oh, Jesus. I hate it. They, they, shut, hate down, it. Car- they shut down Chris Carson. The other guy's been relatively hot this year. I hate it. I know you do. I hate it. I hate running quarterbacks. I hate them. Hate them, hate them, hate them. It's garbage. Anyway, the, the Ravens get it done against the Seahawks. The Cowboys, 37-10. Oh, really the big story there was the Ravens defense woke up and um, leading MVP candidate Russell Wilson. Who was first pick of the year. Who was first pick of the year. Yeah. And then uh, later on, the, your, your boy, I mean, well, you've, you've been loving the shit out of him. And what sealed the deal for the, for the Seahawks was... Um, on the Seahawks' final drive, mm-hmm. final meaningful drive of the game, um, he, uh, Wilson threw, um, did a dump off pass to the um, right, right um, side of the field to um, DK Metcalf. I hate DK. And at, and he catches the ball. He, he starts to run. He, he, start, he, he goes to relocate the ball from his right side to his left side, mm-hmm. and the ball falls out not, while not being touched in the process. Hey, Metcalf's not my boy. I said he was a bust. And you told me I was full of crap. I didn't say that. I was with you. I, I, I said he was a bust from I the said, I said your boy that you like shit on. Oh, that, like, yeah. I mean, I love shit on him, but I mean, he, he's garbage. He's trash. I knew he was trash. From the get, DK Metcalf was garbage. Um, next up, you got the Cowboys and the Eagles. Cowboys dominate the Eagles 37-10. Prescott has the uh, most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in franchise history with 21. Um, I mean, which shows you that the Cowboys have always had a good series of pocket passers yes. throughout their long history. Um, but Prescott got it done. Cowboys move up to four and three. Eagles drop to three and four. Eagles have dropped now. I believe it's four in a row. Um, and and here we are. The, the Philadelphia Eagles are, are sitting in the cellar. Um, so the Cowboys getting it done. Last but not least, Monday Night Football. The Patriots beat the Jets decisively. They shut them out, 33 to nothing. Um, Patriots have won 17 of their last 19 against the Jets. They won eight straight against the Jets. Um, and, and you got Tom Brady there doing what Tom Brady does. Uh, he, he was getting it done. They were getting it done in the run game. Uh, the defense was, was picking off uh, Sam Darnold. They picked him off four times in this game. And uh, was, it, was it the defense that picked him off or was it the Ghosts? It was the Ghosts, yes. Yeah, Sam Darnold seeing Ghosts. Um, and, and the Patriots moved to 7-0. The Jets moved to one and five. Uh, it was very a very interesting situation. Um, we we do have to talk about the the Patriots a little bit in this situation. Um, and well, first of all, and those are your scores for Week Seven in the NFL. Now, I want to talk. I want to jump right into Patriots stuff because we do have some Patriots stuff going on that is is kind of big news and and some stuff got thrown around. Um, first of all, we got to talk Tom Brady. Um, the rumors have started swirling. Uh, Tom Brady's home goes up for sale. His trainer's home goes up for sale in Boston. Um, the rumors are swirling that he might be retiring. 
The rumors are swirling that he might try and play for another football team. Um, I, I mean, think about it from, from that standpoint. Now he's being very tongue-in-cheek about whether or not he's going to uh, uh, stay playing for the Patriots or whether he's going to continue playing after this season. I mean, it, it's there's a lot of questions surrounding Tom Brady. Um, and now, now it's, you know, it is, he also set up his contract. He got a contract extension and it's set to void at the end of this season. He can void it. So what exactly, if you're the New England faithful, do you begin panicking at this point in time? Are you panicked if you're, well, I'll tell you what's, what won't happen. What's that? He won't be playing for another team. I think you're talking, um, continuing to play for the Patriots or retire. I think that's where it's going. That's my perspective on it. Yeah. I don't think Brady has any interest in starting from scratch with with a young coach who doesn't, who doesn't may, may or not know, know what they're doing. But would it be starting from scratch? I guess that's a question of the day. Because we, we saw it from Peyton Manning. You know, he moves to the Broncos and he goes and he wins a Super Bowl with Denver. Peyton did it out of force, though. I and mean, he was yeah. kind of forced out because they want to start fresh. and With, with luck. Yeah, I know. And, and I, mean, I, just, I, don't, I don't see Brady um, saying, no, I want to play for a new team after spending 20 years. This is his 20th season. Well, and we, we've heard about some dissension in the ranks between him and Belichick as well. There's, there's some problems there. They're not getting along. Um, apparently, they've gotten into it a number of times. We're, we're hearing these inklings, and now we're hearing, you know, Tom Brady's home is going up for sale, and his his trainer's home is going up for sale. I mean, at, at this point, could Tom Brady be going elsewhere? And if Tom Brady does go elsewhere, will he be successful elsewhere? Is the question of the day because he, he would be he would take any team he goes to do the playoffs. And, and that's that becomes the question. You know, we've we've always asked the question, and a lot of people have. How much of it is Brady, and how much of it is Belichick? Oh, and so, um, here's here's what's that. Um, right now, Brady could go to any of the thirty-one teams and take them to the playoffs. That's bold. But mm-hmm. Brady, as a rookie, never being under Belichick, would have never gone to the playoffs. I can agree with that. Belichick's the mastermind, but. It's not like he leaves New England. He he forgets everything that, that he learned under Belichick. Right. He's going to take everything. He, Brady can basically go be Belichick anywhere he wants to go at this point. It's it's there. He can do it. It's in his brain. He, he can do it. Yep. He, he it's not like yo. It's not like oh, I got to leave everything you taught me here in New England. Yeah. No. no. At this point, Tom Brady has, has become the legend of Tom Brady. But the legend of Tom Brady was created by Bill Belichick. Yes. I. I there's can there's agree. a because re- there's a reason why he was a seventh round draft pick. So if Tom Brady goes to another team and he takes that team to the playoffs, can he win the Super Bowl? That's the big Absolutely. question. Because the, the question of the day, you know, like we always say it, we, we've said it before, unless you win the last game of the year, nobody cares. And I, I, and I think he, any team he goes to, that team instantly becomes a Super Bowl threat. Wow. It's, it's Tom Brady. At this point, he's, he's got the skills that he needs. He doesn't necessarily need Bill Belichick anymore. Wow. But my, but my, my standpoint on why it's Bel, Belichick, Belichick's the guy is every time Brady gets hurt um, – Joe Schmo, who no one's ever heard of, comes in, does just fine. Yep, and rocks it, whether it be Matt Kobe Brissett or Reset, Garoppolo. Yeah. It doesn't that's why I lean towards Belichick's the guy. But play, people, humans have brains and you, you learn from someone and if you have the, the talent to do something, you can be taught to do it well by a guy like Bill Belichick. Right. So I mean we, we do have questions about Tom Brady, but and those those rumors are swirling. Um 
as of uh, Adam Schefter and and company. So we we are but right now. It's more Schefter kind of stirring things up. But a lot of times Schefter is accurate. You know that, I mean, that Schefter, is also true. A lot of times Schefter is not wrong. He's he's kind of the the journalistic uh, guru here as far as the NFL goes. I mean he's he's not wrong in a lot of situations. So I just don't think he's going to a new team. Is what is what I'm. Retiring? Could, yeah, at but, any point if, that could happen. And and if you, yeah, I mean, even with him retiring, are you are you panicked at this point? If you're the New England faithful here, if Belichick's still the head coach, coach, no, not at all, no. Wow, that's bold. That's that's bold. I don't think it is. I think it is. He's got four quarterbacks that's come in and and done great. Is it like, all of which are relatively no names? There's questions. There's questions. I don't know. I mean, if they get a late-round draft pick, I mean, is there going to be a good enough quarterback there that they're going to pick up? Are they going to pick somebody up off of We We didn't even know who Garoppolo and Brissett were yeah. when they came in. Yeah. No, and Brissett was a third-string quarterback, mind you. I know. So, I mean, it's – but there are questions there. So, um, with that, Tyler, so I'm going to I want to go ahead and take a quick break, and then we're going to hop into Tyler's Top Ten. We're going to hop into Freytown's Forgotten Five and Forgetful Five. Um, we're going to go around to some news. We got some trade deadline news. We got, we got, uh, IR stuff. We got a lot of guys hitting IR. We got a couple signings going on. Um, so we get, we got a lot of stuff to go over. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right into the meat of it. So we'll be right back right here on the outside blitz. At it's your time massage. You get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at IYTMassage.com. It's your time massage. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, dog. Welcome back to Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Oh. And you wonder why oh. <laughs> And I am your co-host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown and Tyler. Uh, we got some stuff going on around the league, but first, uh, now that we've gone over the scores, we've already talked about Tom Brady, but we got uh, some business to get down to as far as uh, our stuff. Rocket fuel? We got some rocket fuel. Can we rocket like rocket fuel? I know I can. <laughs> so it's time for a nice little segment. Are you ready, Tyler? Always. It is time for our wonderful segment we like to call... Tyler's Top Ten! Tyler's Top Ten! Oh, yeah. So we are ready to roll. Uh, Tyler, we had some outstanding performances this week. I was so impressed, you know, just being at one of those games that had a lot of performances, a lot of good performances in it. Yeah, the whole both teams, all game, all every game had a lot of high scoring going on. So it was a lot of touchdowns. Well, here's right the there. here's the interesting thing though about about the lot of touchdowns comment. As I was looking through a lot of the players that were scoring said touchdowns, 
It was a lot of no-name players. Yeah. It was weird. It was players that, that like, don't necessarily get a lot of output but somehow made it in the end zone. And, and it made my job more difficult going through the Forgotten Five, Forgetful Five. It made it very difficult finding those those yeah. hidden gems. I'm, what I'm consi- what I'm classifying as those type of players, I'm counting for on my yeah. top ten. Yeah, and and that's the interesting thing. A lot of no name players getting it done this week, um, and and you know some players got it done. Like my, and and we'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But my my Forgotten Five, you'd be amazed by how many guys. Are on that forgotten five that didn't score a touchdown. That's yes, it's 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 just hard to put someone who put um a hundred and forty yards right in versus someone who um spoiler got in the end zone four times. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the big thing. I was looking through like, oh my gosh, like like these guys aren't scoring a lot of touchdowns. They have a ton of yards. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of touchdowns. So Tyler, so that, what I like to look at is um when it comes to this is. Imagine taking that player and their stats away from the game. How different is the outcome now? Right, and and those numbers still mean something at that and point. A couple of players that you have that you have that pro- probably have a lot, 120, 130 yards and no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You probably could pull that out, and they and, and you still got a game that's that's winnable and doable. But you got a player who scored four touchdowns and it's a blowout game. Or you know, and and on the flip side, I had a player and somewhat a spoiler. I had a player who actually iced a game. Actually, yeah. straight up iced a game. So, I mean, with no touchdowns. Iced a game, had a hell of a game, but iced it and had no touchdowns on the day. Came very close, but had no touchdowns on the day. So, with that, Tyler, let's hit, let's hear it. I want you to hit me with it. Tyler's top ten. What do you got? Number ten, Zach Pascal. Six receptions, 106 yards, and two touchdowns. There is first no-name guy of the day. Yep, right away. <laughs> right off the top. From no name, there's only two, but I, I'm counting four. What I'm calling guys that aren't your typical, yeah, expectors. Uh, Pascal had a hell of a game. Um, out of nowhere, he just he performed well. Um, two touchdowns, got in the end zone twice. Hell of a game. Honestly, okay. hell of a game against a very a very solid defense in the Houston Texans. Got it done. I mean, six receptions, 106 yards. He got in the end zone twice. He had a 17.7 average. Uh, along of forty of uh, thirty-two, I'm sorry, thirty-four yards. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, and him and and both him and Eric Eric Ebron had themselves great days for that uh, Colts team. But uh, yeah, 106 yards, and it's kind of interesting because he did that with a guy like Ty Hilton on the field. Yeah. So I mean, that that Hilton was still kind of reeling from injury in a way. Yeah, and... he is. But Ty Hilton's always playing through injury. Well, I mean, that's that's an every year thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's but Pascal, he's. He's 24 years old, so it gets kind of exciting um, for the Colts because he may have found a franchise receiver there. Definitely. So that that could be could be an interesting thing. Um, and he, he's sort of from Old Dominion. That's his his <laughs> college from Old Dominion. That's how you know nobody knows who the hell this guy is. But uh, great job by him getting it done and getting in the top ten. Number nine, and I'm he's not a no name, but he's someone that's it's kind of new to the list. Being, being what his role typically is. Mm-hmm. Latavius Murray. Wow. 27 carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Finally, Latavius Murray reappears as as the the uh, former all-pro running back that he was back when he was in Oakland. Yeah, and I, finally he's, he's maybe, maybe my bold prediction of him being just as good as Ingram was in Saints can finally 
start to happen. Yeah, maybe it'll come <laughs> to fruition. I mean, who knows? Latavius, he he was with Oakland, and he he had a monster amount of carries to get to the amount of to get just over a thousand yards. And that's why I didn't buy Latavius for, and and I still don't. But on the flip side, we talk about there not being a lot. We're in the trucker. We're talking about how there's not a lot of um really true backs right now. Right. To me, Murray has proven you can give him the ball and he's not going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's proven to be a very durable back, which the way injuries are kind of flying off the hand right now, it's, it might be important. Yeah. He's he's not an injury-prone guy. And and I think he's kind of, right now, he's kind of emerging almost like C.J. Anderson did last year where he kind of comes back out of nowhere, come, rises back from the ashes and starts... Um, putting up numbers. He had a hell of a game. I want to see if he can do it consistently. He wasn't able to do that in Minnesota um, when he was with the Vikings and then wound up getting overshadowed by Dalvin Cook. But can this continue when Kamara's playing? Yeah, and I want to see that because I don't know, and and we were discussing earlier off the air that I, I wasn't sure that Kamara is an every down back. And uh, it, we have quite, I had questions earlier on in the season about Kamara's durability as far as being an every-down back. We always talked about how he's a great change of pace back. He's great at catching out of the backfield. And here we are, Alvin Kamara's hurt on his first year as a every-down back. So I want to see if Latavius is going to be that every-down back, if he's going to take on that Mark Ingram role, and, and if Kamara's going to sink back into that, that uh, check-down guy, or... Is Alvin Kamara going to return and be come that every down back, and and Latavius is going to find himself relaxing on the bench moving forward? I mean, time will tell. Yep, that's what we got to see. Number eight, Jacoby Brissett. Wow, twenty six thirty nine, three twenty six yards and four touchdowns. Probably the most surprising player of the year. Um, he's, he's he's balling out. We we knew Brissett was was a decent quarterback, and a lot of us were sitting there going, ah, you know, Jacoby Brissett starting for the Colts, he's going to be trash, and da 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 da. Jacoby Brissett's come out and balled out. Um, he's played really well. Uh, he's he they has four wins on the year. He's in contention for the division. Um, he he opened up Zach Pascal uh, this past week. Um, he's he's getting it done, and and I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, he, he was okay in New England. Um, he didn't play very well last year in, in a backup role, uh, when he had to come in. And now here we are, Jacoby Brissett finally found his legs and he's, he's moving right along there. He, it was sink or swim time. He came in, he said, well, the hell with this, I'm going to swim. I still love his Twitter account. I think he's a really funny guy. Um, but yeah, Jacoby Brissett getting it done for the Colts. Gotta love it. And you gotta love how he's keeping his team in contention right now. Number seven, Darren Waller. Again. He's there again. He's there again. I mean, it's the first time he's on the list because you technically you had him as an honorable mention. Right. Um, one game after one week after getting his new contract, he goes seven receptions, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. So he signs that new contract. He gets a very a, big deal. Yeah, very, it's pretty lucrative. It was what, three years, $27 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, gets nine million a year. He's basically on par with with uh, um, Rudolph, with Kyle Rudolph there, and and Darren Waller. I mean, uh, J- John Gruden basically said, you know, our offense is, you know, he, he our tight end Waller is the lifeblood of the Raiders' offense. That's what yep. Gruden said. That's his quote. I mean, he's getting it done. And and Darren Waller just he showed up out of nowhere. He showed up in Minnesota. He put up that 134 yards against a very game uh, Minnesota defense, and then he comes out and and balls out again. Darren Waller's playing good ball, and and he's you know 
tight ends, the, there's a lot of tight ends out there that are those, those blocking tight ends. We see that all the time. And, uh, and then we have a few pass-catching tight ends that are really something special to watch, the George Kittles and the Evan Ingrams and sometimes the Kyle Rudolphs and, and, and Mark Andrews, players like that. They're getting it done. Um, and, and now here we have another one, Darren Waller suddenly out of nowhere. And he's a really tall, big bodied guy. He's not, he's not like massive though. He's kind of like a tall, like almost, he's almost a little lanky. Really. He's, he's got the height. He's got the arms. He's got the reach. He's got, he's a great cat. He makes spectacular catches. Um, he's able to get over guys. I like it a lot. I think Darren Waller's something special and I'm excited to see how he continues to develop as a player for the Raiders, and he's a former Raven. Um, he's a practice squad guy. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see if uh, uh, he can develop. I mean, the guy's six foot six. I mean, that's a hell of a tall tight end there. He's he might as well be a wide receiver, really. The the way the way he plays and how yeah. physical he is. Um, six foot six, two hundred fifty six pounds. He's a big boy. So I mean, he 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 reads like a receiver, but he's a tight end, and man, that guy can ball out. So. Great job by Darren Waller, and, and congratulations to him on his new contract. And fun fact, on Darren Waller um, has two individual weeks mm -hmm. um, that alone are, are, are more uh, yard, yards than Rudolph has in the season. So from a, a chance, from a, the, uh, we talked about their contracts being, being similar. Darren Waller's playing like he, he deserves more money right now. Well, to be fair. To be fair in that situation, um, the Vikings offense has changed considerably since the Pat Shermer system. Um, Pat Shermer had a very good offensive scheme for Minnesota. Um, to be fair in that aspect, Kyle Rudolph has become, and, and both tight ends, really Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. have become more blocking tight ends because of that zone run scheme that got you know put in place by Gary Kubiak in Minnesota, which is why um, Kyle Rudolph you know hasn't been you know, putting up monster yards and touchdowns. He just got his his first touchdown this past week. Um, so that's that. I'm I'm gonna come out come to the defense of my boy here. Well, and say and a lot I, of I understand it because because tight ends being blockers is is an older style. So I still particularly I still par particularly in a zone run scheme, and that's that's what it is. I mean, because it, now that he's putting put in that blocking situation, and and like I said this past week, you know, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph were getting it done, but. Uh, Look at, at the output from, for example, Dalvin Cook. He's in MVP talks in this past week. He had monster numbers. So, I mean, in the defense of Kyle Rudolph, even though he's not putting up the receiving yardage numbers of Darren Waller, he's still a huge, huge, huge part of that offense in uh, making those blocks. Oh, 100%. And, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't meant to be a shit on Rudolph. Just to me, um, we both say it was a lot of money, and right now it Waller's is. playing up to it. He right now, I mean, yeah, he's playing up to it just in a different way as Kyle Rudolph, I believe. Yeah, because he's actually got more yards than Rudolph and Irv Smith combined with about the same amount of receptions. Right, and we also have to bear in mind that Rudolph is splitting now with a second round tight end and himself, who is also a second round tight end. Yeah, and from a reception standpoint, um, Rudolph's actually second in, in tight end. Exactly, exactly. So we got to bear that in mind. But it might, it's a go show um, that maybe you shouldn't have Rudolph making that much if he's, if he's going to be a, just a blocking tight end, too. But if he's going to be that effective as a blocking tight end, if he's going to be that effective, then, then he's doing his job. Either way, the, the, the point of the matter is Darren Waller is just um, kicking ass right He's now. balling out. He is. And, and great job by him. All right.
Number six, Ezekiel Elliott back up here. 147 yards from scrimmage and touchdown. Zeke coming alive. Uh, I like I like what Ezekiel Elliott's doing. Um, we know the Dallas offense kind of goes through Zeke. Um, it doesn't go through Coop. It doesn't go through Dak. It goes through Zeke. And uh, when he gets moving, Dallas gets moving. And uh, he got moving this week. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is the lifeblood of the Dallas offense. And uh, we've known that for a while. And, uh, yeah, this is this is what we expect. This is what we expect out of a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I like what he's doing. 22 carries, 111 yards, touchdown, divisional matchup, had a five average. He had six receptions on the day. Great job by him. Getting it done. That's typical Ezekiel Elliott. That's what we look like. Absolutely. Okay, top five, two, three, four, and five. I could have spent three hours trying to put these guys in order. Oh, jeez. You can basically talk, call it a three-way tie. Yeah. And the the performance is just kind of hard to. It's a four-way tie, wouldn't it? Two, three, four, five. Did I say three-way? Yeah. Four-way tie. <laughs> I thought I said four. No, you said three. I think you're wrong, but I'll listen back later. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you'll send me the clip for me wrong. Yep. Um, and if, but if you don't send me a clip, that means I was right. No. Oh, <laughs> don't make me. Don't make me find the clip. Uh, number five, Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. 24 for 34, 337 yards and four touchdowns. You know, people are questioning whether or not Kirk Cousins is the real deal. Um, there are still questions out there. I, I mean, we, let's face the fact. We, we have to face the fact that there are still questions out there because of the teams he's faced. Because theoretically, the, the graphic that I saw last week about his record against winning teams. and He's very bad against the, winning teams. The stat, um, theoretically, um, his good stat games have fallen into that same uh, classification technically. But um, Kirk Cousins is coming alive right now. So here's here's the thing. Kirk Cousins comes in. He play, He beats the hell out of the Giants. He beats the hell out of uh, uh, the Eagles. And then he goes and beats the hell out of the Lions. Now, all three of those teams have kind of ailing defenses right now. Uh, the Eagles defense, when we came there, the Eagles defense was supposed to be hot. That's what we kept hearing. Oh, the Eagles had such a hot defense. They're coming off of this huge game and blah, 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 blah. But they really haven't all year. Yeah, and, and the Eagles have been just a weird... Like, well, they they have an injured secondary, and that's yeah. just that's just the fact. They got an injured secondary, and, and he lit them up. Um, people were talking about how the Giants secondary was, was banged up, and I'm like, wait a minute, no, no. The, the Giants secondary was kind of a different story. You still have Janoris Jenkins back there. You still have DeAndre Baker back there. You still have, you know... Uh, uh, all of these, you have you have uh, uh, Jabril Peppers back there. You have all of these things, and the reason the Giants got exposed was because because they they gave Jabril Peppers an assignment and said your job is to tackle Dalvin Cook. That's and, what they did. And it opened up Cousins and exactly it opened it up. It was a good scheme. Um, when it came to the Eagles, it was kind of a similar thing. They stopped they, and they stopped Dalvin Cook, but they weren't going to stop Kirk Cousins. Cousins got it done, and then we go into the Lions game. They had a shootout uh, this past Sunday. It was a very, very exciting game. Uh, and and you know what? Kirk Cousins came out and he played good ball. He he got it done. He, he put the ball in the end zone four times. He put up 42 points against. And, and you know what? All before this offseason, we were he hearing all about how the Detroit defense was supposed to be like their strong suit in Detroit. Oh, the Lions defense. Yeah, it's going to be so good. Well, guess what? Lions defense has not been their strong suit. Neither, neither defense has been was very good this game. No, both defenses sucked. They both sucked. Both defenses were terrible. Um, there were a few shining spots, and and you know I'm gonna have I have a, one of them as an honorable mention in the the forgotten five, but 
you know, the as far as I'm concerned, uh, Kirk Cousins did a great job against a very game Lions team. He came out. He didn't make mistakes. He only got. He, he didn't get sacked in the entire game. He was mobile. He was calm. He was cool. He was collected. The Lions took a lead early. It's not like the Lions' offense was bad. And Kirk Cousins came out and responded yeah, every th- step of the way. Th- Thirty points is, is nothing to sneeze at. Um, for three quarters, it was a back and forth, back and forth right. game the entire day. And Kirk Cousins responded. And and even with Adam Thielen going down early in the game in the first quarter. Kirk Cousins responded. He got the tight ends involved. He got the, a touchdown for the fullback. C.J. Ham got into the end zone. He he got Dalvin Cook involved in the passing game. He got, I mean, Rudolph, Irv Smith. He got a, a seventh-round rookie, Ola B.C. Johnson, involved in the game. He, he got Stephon Diggs involved in the game again for the second week in a row. So can I sit there and say that Kirk Cousins isn't for real? I mean, we have to see what, what he does against but, the winning okay. team. He's definitely not for real. He's 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 always going to be a hit or miss quarterback. It's who Kirk Cousins is. Yeah. But can he? But the question is, can he get the job done and string string enough wins together to go for a deep run? Right. That is the question. That's going to be the question. Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins will never ever be a um three hundred yard four touchdowns zero interceptions type of quarterback. It's not who Kirk Cousins is. No. But is he playing great ball right now? Yeah. Yes. He's balling out, and and you can't take that away from. 900, and I think it's 967 yards, 10 touchdowns, one interception in the last three weeks. He's balling it out. It's, he's playing good ball. I can't sneeze at it. I can't give him a hard time. He's just doing what he's going to do. He got off to a slow start, and a lot of people say, well, he's playing pissed. Okay, great. I hope he is because he's playing good football Spartan right now. mentality. That's it. He's pissed. Number four, Marvin Jones. I might get a little bit of crap for putting this low with that, that um, just under 100 yards thing is what gets me a little bit. But four touchdowns, like, like I said, you could basically call all these guys tied for second here. Marvin Jones. Ten, ten receptions, 93 yards, and four touchdowns. I don't know if this is more of a story of how good Marvin Jones and Matt Stafford were in that game or if it's a question of just how bad Xavier Rhodes has been playing this season. And and we, we heard Mike Zimmer in the offseason say that Rhodes needs to play up to his contract and Rhodes got all bent out of shape about it. Well, you know what? Xavier Rhodes does need to play up to his contract. That's just the fact. Uh, Marvin Jones went out and played great football, and and he he was it was amazing to me watching how many missed tackles the Vikings had against Marvin Jones because of that spin move that Marvin Jones is putting on him. Um, and he did it probably three times in this game to get extra yardage. He made, he made, he made a lot of people look silly that game. You're it, right. Jones and played awesome. It was probably the best game I've seen Marvin Jones play since he was a Bengal. Yes, and, and it was it was something to really behold. Um, he got it done. Was he was he under a hundred yards? Yeah, but in the red zone, he was a factor, and and you know he he was making plays with his legs. He was getting some rack yardage, um, good with his hands. He he was I mean he was drawing penalties on the game. He was getting it done. So great job by Marvin Jones. I I you know being at the game, I hated Marvin Jones as a Vikings fan. I hated Marvin Jones, but I could see a good player when I when I saw one. Um, and, and he, he got it done. Number three, Dalvin Cook, 25 carries, 142 yards and two touchdowns. This guy's in MVP talks right now. That's in my a, opinion. I, I agree. I, I think he's in MVP talks. So he's leading the league in rushing. Yep. There's a couple guys below him that have, have had a bye. Yeah. So it's going to level out a little bit. Um, in particular, I'm talking Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Um, Christian McCaffrey's only about 100 yards behind him, which is what Christian McCaffrey's averaging. Uh-huh. Plus, Christian McCaffrey has another 
400 yards in the, uh, on, through the air as well. So McCaffrey, to me, is the highest back on the list for MVP, but yeah. Kirk Cousins isn't far behind, in my opinion. So let me let me just throw this out there. For, for All season long, and like I said earlier, we were talking about all oh, the Lions' defense is supposed to be their strong suit. We were hearing all about that. Oh, Lions' defense, that's the big deal. Lions' defense has not been their strong suit. Uh, they spent 40-some-odd million on those front four. One of those guys being Snacks Harrison, who's supposed to be the big run-stuffing, defensive tackles, big space-eating guy. a lot of big rushers this season. And, and you know what? Here's a guy like Dalvin Cook putting up 142 yards against the Lions team who, who just could not. Ha- they didn't have any answers for him. And it was amazing by Dalvin Cook how many times we saw him hit the line, get hit, and then back up and try again a different route and get it done. It's like he had a second opportunity to make a play with, and and he made a play on those on those runs. And he was getting passes through the air too, and it wasn't a lot, but he did get a couple of passes through the air too and make plays with his legs. He has only like ten yeah, fifteen he, yards, he had about or so, twenty-two but... yards on the day. So I think he had about six catches for twenty-two, but he made plays with his legs. Mm-hmm. He was getting a lot of first downs, um, and and he was like I said, he was getting hit, he was bouncing off, and then moving in another direction and putting up big plays. There were a couple where he 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 bounced off, you know, took a couple of tackles away from guys and got in there. Um, that final getting into the end zone was like this the stake in the heart, you know, it was the final nail in the coffin. But uh, you know, and he he finished off that that final drive for the Vikings to take it home. But um, Dalvin Cook was a monster. He's been a monster all year. This zone run scheme by Gary Kubiak is benefiting him. And uh, Dalvin Cook's going to continue to be be a monster in this league as long as he has that that Stefanski Kubiak system that they keep rolling with, and he can stay healthy. Absolutely, because we're entering that time every year where he tends to get hurt. Well, no, I mean Dalvin Cook's always been hurt early. That's the thing. Dalvin Cook usually gets hurt week three or four. This is actually longer than he's lasted. <laughs> this is the longest he's lasted. In his, but, his... but still, it's he's yeah. got. I need, he needs to prove me he can stay healthy for a full season before I I turn off the um. The concerns on injury. Exactly. That's the big question about Dalvin Cook. I want to see if he can stay healthy. Number two, um, I would have put Cook right above him. And their stats are very similar. But because because of Chase Edmonds coming in, like all of a sudden instead of the, going from sitting on the bench, expecting to sit on the bench, and hey, DJ's out. We need you to come in and play. And he goes and balls it out, not expecting to have to play. Um, 27 carries, 126 yards, and he puts up a trio of touchdowns. Let me just, first of all, say shame on the Arizona Cardinals. And and shame on the Arizona Cardinals for saying all week long, David Johnson's going to play, David Johnson's going to play, David Johnson's going to play, and then going out there and putting in Chase Edmonds and Chase Edmonds balls out. And then after Chase Edmonds balls out, they jokingly put something on their Twitter page saying, oops, all you fantasy owners should have started Chase Edmonds. Ha, 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 ha. Shame on them for being DJ assholes. did start the game. Though. Well, still, shame on them because they, they knew that Chase Edmonds was going to get the workload and, and they they just kept drawing people on. But in any case, Chase Edmonds getting it done, um, kind of a no-name player. You yeah. don't, you, you haven't, you know, we, I know who Chase Edmonds is, but we haven't seen him really come alive in the NFL. You know, if he does it again, you might be considering getting rid of David Johnson, who's actually been kind of a bust this season. He was kind of iffy last season. So, I mean, I, I'm not feeling David Johnson right now. Um, and he hasn't I hasn't been good. No, he hasn't. And, and you know, I mean, how much of it is, uh, um, you know, the, the crappy offense in Arizona? How much of it is the, the crappy 
uh, passing attack? How much is it the the bad offensive line? How, how much is it that? You know, that's that's going to be the questions of the day. I mean, right now he's got 300 yards on the year. I mean, last year he didn't break a thousand. The year before that he was hurt. He only has one year with a thousand yards, and that was back in 2016. So I mean, eh, I don't know. I don't know that I buy David Johnson right now. I don't know that I can. And one game, Edmonds has almost got half of the yards that DJ has all year. Right. So David Johnson, I mean, might be on his way out to another team. I mean, if, no, and I think David Johnson will be successful if he goes elsewhere. No. I think he will. DJ's garbage. I've always thought he was garbage. No, I, I think he'll be successful if he goes to another team. But Chase Edmonds. I've never believed him to be a top 10 running back. Chase Edmonds might be the guy, though. And, I think it could be. And that might be the situation. Chase Edmonds might wind up being the guy. I think David Johnson, if he goes elsewhere, he'll be successful. But I, I don't think he's going to be successful in Arizona. Chase Edmonds, I think, will be taking his spot before the end of the season. He's only averaged over four yards of carry twice in his career. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's. I just I don't, I don't buy him. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see if he goes elsewhere. He's only 27, so he's got time. He's got time. Number one, I'm sure you're not surprised he's number one just the, with the game he had, but Aaron Rodgers, 25 for 31, 429 yards and five touchdowns. Can't be surprised by Holy it. Holy shit, nope. what a game he threw, he had. Two of those passes, we got to give credit. Two of those touchdowns, we got to give credit to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. True. Um, two receptions for over 130 yards. He had two touchdowns on the day, so we got to give him some credit because he did get a lot of rack yards there. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, doing what Aaron Rodgers does, lighting the world on fire, getting it done. We're talking five touchdowns. We're talking 400-plus 400 400 yards. Um, biggest day out of any quarterback in the NFL, really. I mean, he, he had the biggest day. Um, Aaron Rodgers getting it done. Uh, he, you know, and, and a lot of people questioning Aaron Rodgers after that, that game when, you know, in Detroit. and Oh, Aaron Rodgers is crap. He's got the refs in his back pocket. Well, Aaron Rodgers left zero Zero questions in his wake after this whole thing. He got it done, and he did it himself, and he showed the world, hey, don't forget who the hell I am. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and he went out there and lit the world up. Um, he's the quarterback that's going to retire with, um, by far, the best touchdown-interception ratio of any quarterback in the history of the league. Yeah, he's he, he just reminded everybody who the hell he was, and, and that was it. Um, just Aaron Rodgers doing what Aaron Rodgers does. I I mean, I, I'm used to it at this point. I've... I, my team is in the North. You know, I, I deal with Aaron Rodgers twice a year. I know what Aaron Rodgers is capable of. And, uh, yeah. He's, he's capable of making you look stupid. Yep, and he did it five times <laughs> in this game. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers gets and, it done. And made it look easy, too. He, it, you, you look at a 400-yard game and you think, oh, he probably threw it 40 times. He was just over 30. Yeah, he, he, was, he was throwing and, the ball And all completed over the almost all of them. Yep, getting it done. Aaron Rodgers, man, I, I I don't know what else to say. It's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so um, Tyler, with that, Tyler's top ten is in the books, um, and uh, we got ourselves a uh, another segment to get to here. And uh, I'm going to jump right into it, Tyler. Here it comes. It's time for Raytown's Forgotten Five. Raytown's Forgotten Five. You excited? Yeah, we'll see. Oh, we'll see. Well, I got some good ones. I think I got some good ones anyway. Uh, number five, I'm going with Leonard Fournette. 29 yard or 29 carries, 131 yards on the day. He had a big day. So we're doing forgetful or forgotten? Yeah, yeah, I know. 29 carries, 131 yards. Leonard Fournette. This is the second time I think I've had him on the forget. Uh, the forgotten. He, he, he had a really good game. 
uh, tore it up. Uh, didn't didn't hit the end zone. This is like I'm saying, a big yardage output. Didn't hit the end zone, but this is the second time Leonard Fournette's done that. Huge yardage output. I mean, one game he put up 200 yards, didn't hit pay dirt. Yeah, I, I put him in at yeah. number one on that one. Yeah, and, and but it was a low score. It, it depends on how the rest of the league looks too. Because I like putting guys with yards on there, but it's it's hard to deny someone with four touchdowns. Right, and and that was the thing. Leonard Fournette, he got over 200 yards, but then he didn't get in the end zone. You know, so I mean, he he was getting it done. I mean, great job by Leonard Fournette, continuing to be a, a great runner for the Jags there. Number four goes to the Saints, Michael Thomas. Nine receptions, 131 yards as well. Uh, Michael Thomas getting it done, still getting open for Teddy Bridgewater, the way he does for Drew Brees. Um, still the number one receiver over there, still looking like a champ. I mean, you know you're a good receiver when you know, you're the number one, and you, you, a lot of times you see it like a quarterback switch will happen. And then a certain guy becomes the favorite of that quarterback. We yes. see it. All, we see it happen all the time. In this case, Michael Thomas said, "Nah, no, no, I'm still the number one," and and continues to get the ball. So, uh, Michael Thomas, great job by him. Number three goes to Philip Rivers, 24 for 38, 329, two touchdowns in the loss. Um, I, even though the Chargers are having a tough time, Philip Rivers is still playing at a high level and still playing well. Uh, Philip Rivers got it done again this week, and and his team just isn't supporting him at this point. I think I, I think the defense is bad. Uh, they're just not playing effective team football here. I mean, really, that that's what it comes down to. Um, Rivers is still doing his job well, and it's unfortunate because Rivers. I mean, to me, he's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Never won a Super Bowl. Yes, I, I just I feel it's like him and Marino and Kelly. Guys like that, and and Rivers is just going to be right up there with them, and it, it's just a sad story. Uh, number two goes to my boy Stefan Diggs. Seven receptions, 142 yards. Didn't hit the end zone, but he did put the dagger in the heart of the Lions. He almost had a touchdown to end it, um, but put the the dagger in the in the heart just to end to end things. Getting it to the four yard line on that one final throw, that deep pass from Kirk Cousins, and uh, he it was kind of a funny play. He caught the ball and then took it all the way across the field. And, and was getting one little yard at, at a time, just chipping away as two defensive backs chased him all the way to the four. Uh, Diggs played great football um, in the absence of Adam Thielen, which, you know, a lot of times Thielen draws coverage away from Diggs or Diggs draws coverage away from Thielen. And he opens it up for one of them to have a good game. Yeah, and instead what we got to see was was Dalvin opened it up for Diggs a little bit. The two tight ends opened it up for Diggs a little bit. Olabisi Johnson, Olabisi Johnson rather, threw, opened it up for Diggs a little bit. And Diggs wound up making the best of it. And he, he was making plays with his legs. Um, he was making catches over the middle. He was getting hit on those those uh, little little drag routes, couple angles on the outside. He was getting it done. So great job by Stefan Diggs. And in that same game, however, and here's number one, Matt Stafford, thirty for forty five, three sixty four, four touchdowns and a pick. Um, you know he had he had the one pick um, that was really at a garbage time interception. Trey Waynes picks him off on the final drive after after the Vikings score that that yeah. final touchdown. But, uh, I mean, realistically, Matt Stafford, he played a hell of a game. And and you're not going to hear me say that much about the Lions. You're not going to hear me say positive things about Matt Stafford a whole lot. I don't buy Matt Stafford a lot. But what I can say is this season he's played very well. And what I can say is that Matt Stafford has been getting it done. He got it done in this game. And actually, he had me biting my nails like, oh, my God, what's going on? He he was just really tearing apart a very good Vikings defense and and he was reading their he was reading them well. Um, he had a few mistakes, and unfortunately, I mean, 
Unfortunately, at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins was on his game. And Kirk Cousins, when he got the football, he was driving it downfield. The Vikings only punted twice in that game. So you you got to give it up for to to Matt Stafford and the way he's been playing this year um, and all. But you know, for the way he played this week, he he just really did well. I I got to say, I was really impressed with him. So uh, kudos to Matt Stafford, number one on uh, Freytown's Forgotten Five. Now for the forgetful five, these were bad. These were really bad. Um, and and in that same game, making the forgetful five. Um, Xavier Rhodes gave up, you know, and okay, so I'm going to say this about Xavier Rhodes. <clears throat> it, he is only going to be credited for giving up two of the four touchdowns. Realistically, Xavier Rhodes blew the coverage that gave up all four of those touchdowns in this game. The fact that he's only getting credit for two of them is obnoxious. Xavier Rhodes played horrible. He was he gave up the four touchdowns. He was burned by Marvin Hall on, on a huge deep pass. Um, he got burned by Marvin Jones all game long. He had a drive-extending uh, pass interference penalty in the first quarter against Marvin Jones. Xavier Rhodes, I, I said it the last time we talked about him, and I'm going to say it again, and I agree with Mike Zimmer. Play up to your contract. You are not playing up to your deal. Everybody was talking two years ago about roads closed, roads closed, roads closed. You know what? Your roads were wide the hell open this week, and you played like garbage. Absolute garbage. You didn't look like the number one corner on that team. You didn't even look like the number two corner on that team, Rhodes. You looked like corner number three. He played like absolute crap, and I was disgusted to say that he's our number one corner because this is the second week in a row that Xavier Rhodes has looked like crap. He really has. He's looked like garbage. I'm tired of it. That's my rant for the moment. It was it was a rough game there for for Rhodes. It was bad. And Jones you know made what, it look easy. You know, last year you got to see me go off about Anthony Barr because Anthony Barr played like crap a lot early on last season. Those first eight games, he was trash. And those last eight games, completely different player because they changed his role. Well, <clears throat> Xavier Rhodes needs a role change or something. He needs to be booted to the number two, maybe give Mike Hughes a shot to be the number one. I don't know. But Xavier Rhodes, <coughs> he is a detriment to this Vikings defense at this point. He is. He played like crap. I agree with Mike Zimmer. Xavier Rhodes needs to play up to his contract, period. He needs to get it done. Uh, number four, Melvin Gordon. 16 carries for just 32 yards, 2.0 average. And, and the main reason he's on here <coughs> is because of the fact that we got to hear for weeks all about this Melvin Gordon narrative. Oh, when's, when's Melvin Gordon coming back? Oh, no. When's, when's Melvin Gordon going to get re-signed? Oh, what about Melvin Gordon? Oh, they're going to let him shop around and possibly get traded and signed by another team. Oh, what's going on with Melvin Gordon? Oh, Melvin Gordon's coming back to the Chargers. Ooh, it's going to make such a big difference. You know what? Melvin Gordon sucked this week. He looked terrible. He was awful. Less than three yards of carry. This is the Melvin Gordon that we saw two years ago, where he got in the league and he played like crap. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. The Melvin Gordon that we saw, and, and he's he's regressed back to that. He's not the Melvin Gordon that we've seen for the last two seasons. He's the Melvin Gordon that we saw not last year, not the year before that, but the year before that. Back in 2016 when he played like crap and he didn't break a 1,000 yards and everybody was like, oh, Melvin Gordon's a bust. 
until he broke a thousand once. <coughs> yeah, and twenty sixteen was his second best season. And really? Oh, well, I, I'm sure. I'm sorry. I, I'm not sure. Um, last season we put up eight eighty five. I mean, he got hurt. Right. But, right. But oh, well, it's not. Okay, it's not fair. I mean, he got hurt. He, had, he had actually had his best average last year. Yep. At five point one. Yeah, so I, that's not. I'm not. I, I can't say a, only 885 because he had much much less attempts and. Yeah, his rookie season was bad. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. That's the Melvin Gordon we're seeing right now. And last but not least, last but not least, we're gonna be we're gonna, well next up number three Case Keenum nine for twelve seventy seven yards zero touchdowns zero interceptions. The only reason Case Keenum is number three on this list, even in spite of his crappy output, no touchdowns, no interceptions. That's that's See, I, I disagree on this one, but I, you I, know, I and, I'd be flip flopping, but you know, and and the re- no touchdowns, no interceptions, and he was more accurate. He he even though he only threw twelve passes, he still went nine for twelve. He still put up seventy five percent of his passes. You got, I mean, really, you can't you can't crap it. He didn't. I understand why, but I I just I disagree. Case Keenum didn't do anything wrong. That's the thing. I I can't. You know, it's not like he sits there and he's calling the pass plays. It's not like he's over here saying, "Oh, well, I'm throwing the ball today." No, like the coach called the pass plays. He threw the pass plays. He threw them accurately. He didn't throw any picks. He didn't throw any touchdowns. But he didn't throw any picks. Case Keenum did his job. I mean, really, you know, I was it was it a bad game? I don't I don't know that I can call that a bad game. The coach only called twelve pass plays, and he completed seventy five percent of them. I, I can't, I can't give him a hard time. If the coach now, if the coach called twenty four pass plays and he completed nine, that's a different story. But he completed nine to twelve. I, 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 I can't say he played bad because he didn't. He didn't play bad. I guess <laughs> he can't. Um, number two, however, and I know you'd flip flop him, but number two to me goes to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, 12 for 21. Now that's a crappy stat stat line. 12 for 21, 151 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. Um, Garoppolo not getting it done. Um, he got the win, but not getting it done as far as a quarterback goes. Um, probably his worst game of the year, or one of his worst games of the year. Uh, Jimmy G it just looked bad. That's just what it is. He just looked bad. But not as bad as number one. Number one on the Forgetful Five goes to Sam Darnold, 11 for 32 86 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions through four quarters of play. After having that great game against Dallas, he tanks against the New England Patriots and uh, and and got caught on the sidelines, and, and he was mic'd up saying, uh, I'm seeing ghosts out there. It's like a 33% completion rate. Yeah, he, he was god-awful. So Sam Darnold goes and takes number one in the forgetful five. Just terrible. Almost had as many interceptions as Rodgers had touchdowns. Right, right, right. Jeez. So with that, that's our Freytown's Forgetful Five. Now, Tyler, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to jump into some news around the league, and then we're going to finish up with our predictions for the week. Um, So we will be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. 
It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Gentlemen, the outside blitz. I'm your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the uh, titillating Tyler Dean. And uh, Tyler, we got some news around the league. We got to go over here. Um, let's get right down to business. We we've got uh, a lot of trades going on, but first of all, let's go over some injuries first. The biggest injury over the course of last week, at least in my opinion, Adam Thielen was uh, hurt against the Lions on Sunday. He's ruled out for Thursday night against the Redskins. Thankfully, the Vikings are taking on the Redskins this week. Yeah, so they could you, they they're going to win that game even if they didn't have Thielen, Diggs, Cook, and Cousins. Right, they'd still win that game. Yeah, and and that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking the Vikings. Now the Vikings do have a tendency to lose against weird teams. We saw it week four last year. Yeah, lose against Bills. weird teams, but Redskins are not a weird team. They're just a bad team. <laughs> Adrian Peterson has predicted that he's going to ball out in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Sure you uh, Case Keenum, Case Keenum said, oh, I'm not really too worried about facing my old team, but I think they should be because I think the Vikings are going to eat them alive. But uh, Adam Thielen will not be on the field for that. Um, you're going to see uh, Ola B.C. Johnson uh, filling in for Thielen like he did uh, after the injury occurred, uh, Thielen out with that hamstring injury. Um, got it on a, a really nice touchdown play. It was a really, I mean, mm-hmm. just a beautiful little touchdown in the back of the end zone to make it 7-7 to in that game. Uh, but Adam Thielen out for Thursday night. I think this will be good for him to, to sit out, though. It's kind of like, break, yeah. yeah, it's the perfect game to sit out because if he does, he sits out and then he gets a long break until the following and, Sunday. And Thursday games are weird. It's always the game where people get hurt. Yeah, so I, I mean, for, for Adam Thielen, I think this is a good time to sit out. I, I mean, a game that, that his team is probably going to win, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really it's a team that, it's a, it's a game that, um, because it's on a short week, he'll he'll have you know from Thursday all the way. I mean, we're we're talking an extra well ten days in a row. He'll be off plus the the four since Sunday, so we're we're talking he'll be off for basically two weeks straight um, for this game. So good for him, I guess. Uh, it'll, it'll be good for him to get back into the mix of things. Um, hamstring injuries kind of like to linger. They're they're one of those for injuries sure. that like to stick around, especially when it comes to wide receivers who have to go out I, I, and make full strides. Right. And, I, this. This will be a. I mean, it's it's a bad injury, but it's a good situation to have. Good timing. Yeah, it's good timing for for this type of thing. So I, I, I love how you call it the, the the biggest injury when it's third. Well, I I, I think it personally, it's the biggest personally injury for you. Of the bunch. But it's, I, it's, I think it's the biggest injury of the it's, bunch. It's third. Why? But if, if you talk about injury pl- um importance and length, it's fourth. I don't. Know. Oh, really? Fifth? I don't know about all that. Sam Darnold is questionable with a toenail injury. Um, I. Sam Darnold, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say Sam Darnold has the most wacky injuries that I've ever experienced. Toenail, mono, yeah, I, ghosts. <laughs> ghosts, we'll call that an injury. I mean, really I, what he's doing, he's um, taking the week off to call an exorcist. Yeah, I mean, can we, can we like, you know, just chalk that one up to like, you know, an injury of hallucinations or, you know. Shit in a plate of the Ouija board. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. So uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's he is uh, questionable for for Sunday. Um, 
You, uh, Sam, Sam Donald's questionable for yeah, Sunday. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is questionable for, for Sunday. Uh, he dislocated his patella last week. I think Andy Reid's being optimistic. A little too optimistic. He's still going to miss a couple games. Yeah, you know, the, a patella injury, when you dislocate your kneecap, and this is the kind of the confusing thing to me. Like, a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to miss no time. I was like, he dislocated his kneecap. Like, without that there, your, your, your leg goes forward. Yeah, I, I was like, he dislocated his kneecap. Like, how is that a thing? Like, like this guy should not be on the field. He should be, like, sitting up for two to three weeks. He's your franchise quarterback. You're in a good position. You're five and two. You've got a weak schedule moving forward for the next couple of weeks, other than the Vikings. And and, and, and you're in a great position. Like, there's there's nobody on your tail to actually you know, like, take that spot from you. Like, there's nobody on your tail. Really. No, Oakland just lost. Yeah, Oakland just lost. They have, and they have a big matchup that, that they'll probably lose this week. Yeah, against the Packers. I mean, no, they just face the Packers, but they have a big match this week against the Texans. No, they, they got the Packers this week in Arrowhead. I'm talking about teams that are chasing the Chiefs. Oh, team, well, yeah, no, but the, the Chiefs, like, their upcoming schedule, they, got, they have the, the Packers. Coming up, which I mean, okay, you can afford to take that loss. You can afford to take that for your franchise quarterback to heal up. Then they got the Vikings. That I, I mean, without Patrick Mahomes, I think that one winds up as a loss. So you you would lose two. And then you know, say he comes back, and then they get the Titans. And then you know he's going to blow out the Titans when he gets back. So I mean, I, I if I'm the Chiefs, I'm not that concerned. I'm going to let Patrick Mahomes sit on that bench for a couple of weeks and mind his business. That's what I'm going to do. You just picked up a Week 7 win. It just doesn't make any sense to try and rush him back and and allow him to get hurt again. I, I just I feel like I that's agree. silly. I, I think that's silly as all hell. But, but maybe that's just me. Um, also hurt Matt Ryan. He suffers a high ankle sprain in the loss to the Rams. He's questionable for Sunday against Seattle. I think... I mean... I, I would probably sit too. I would probably let him sit just because and I their mean, season's pretty much over. It's basically over at this point. Um, at this stage of the game, you have, you're one Matt, and six. Matt Ryan is in a, is a legendary elite quarterback. Don't mm. don't risk him a lingering multi year type of injury. That let him get healthy. Not only that, you just signed Matt Ryan to a huge contract last off season. I mean, a huge deal. I, I your your team's one and six. You're basically going to have to win out to make the playoffs, and I know, like mathematically, you're not eliminated yeah. here. But let's be real. I'm I'm sure you would love for Matt Ryan to play and somehow pull it off and come and beat Seattle, though. Yeah, I would love it because I hate the Seahawks. But, but, but there's no point in rushing it. No, there's no point in rushing it. You know, Seattle is probably going to come even even with Matt Ryan on the field. You know, Seattle's going to come out and light him up, mm-hmm. uh, or light light up the uh, the Falcons. I mean, I, it's just silly. Don't don't put Matt Ryan in your season. Wave the white flag. You know your coach is getting fired. You, you know these things. Get him out of there. You know, just <laughs> keep him on the bench. Let Matt Schaub come in. Let Matt Schaub start. He didn't look half bad last week. Let him get some playing time. He hasn't had it in about, what, six, seven years at this point. I mean, Just let him get some playing time and we can call it a day. Right? I agree. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Um... Next up, you've got uh, the Lions. They placed Carrion Johnson on injured reserve with a knee injury. Um, Carrion really hasn't played that well this year. Um, everybody was talking about how Carrion was going to be like the man and how he was going to be so good. And uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I don't buy the Carrion Johnson hype. I can't. I can't. 
I still like him, but and he's 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 kind of shown to be a bit like uh, your boy Cook and having an injury problem too. Well, and you know what's what's interesting about Carrion is <clears throat> so Dalvin had that saying that said about him about his durability. Uh, Dalvin had that you know everybody was saying oh well he was hurt all the time when he was at Florida State and then and then Dalvin comes into the league and he gets hurt repeatedly. You know we 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 he gets hurt in year one. He gets hurt in year two. Now he's red hot. We want to see if he can stay healthy. Nobody's sure if he's going to be able to stay healthy. They said the same thing about Carrion, and here we are. It's what year two, year three for Carrion Johnson, and he's been hurt every two. two, but he's been hurt every year he's been in the league, and everybody's been saying he's going to be a game changer. To be honest with you, even when he's healthy, Carrion hasn't been a game changer. Carrion's yards per yards uh, per per play average has not been good. It's been below four. This guy was supposed to be the the big all-star runner that you we were talking about. I mean, if I'm the Lions right now, I'm kicking myself for not drafting Dalvin Cook years ago. I think it's too soon for that. Dalvin Cook, up till this year, has proven to not be worth a draft pick or a high draft pick because of the injury. But now he's starting to come around. Now, say Dalvin wins the MVP this year, does he is he worth the, the high draft pick? At oh, 100%. And, and it really wasn't a high draft because it was and, a second round. And what and once he plays a full season, doing what he's doing now, then then he is. But until he has a full season, right. he's not worth the first or second round draft pick. I, no I, I player is. A second round. I, I mean, I can see a second rounder for for Dalvin Cook if he if he performs like this and and he's able to run like this. A second rounder makes sense to me. I can't. I don't buy a first rounder for him. Not by a long shot. But a second rounder, completely different story. I would definitely give that for for a guy like Dalvin Cook. I would have given that a long time ago. If, you know when they drafted him. So I mean, I, I think they got it right. Um, but Dalvin Cook. He he's playing great ball, but can I mean carry on Johnson? I I don't buy carry on Johnson. At least when Dalvin Cook was healthy, those during those minor times that he was healthy, Dalvin Cook had good yards average. His his yards per play was good, and but his yards per carry, but carry on yards per carry aren't even there. That's that's the issue I'm having. This no name running back that that they picked up in the what fifth or sixth round this year. I forget his name. T J something or another. That guy's out rushing him. He's playing better football. So I'm, I'm like, well, why, why don't you just start that guy? <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? I, I don't understand. It, it to me, it just makes no sense. But Carryon Johnson, he he hits IR with a knee injury. Um, also, the Texans uh, wide receiver Will Fuller. We have breaking news. We have breaking news, Tyler. Yes, we do. We have breaking news. It's um, it's a piggyback off an article we already have on the injury. Front here, oh boy! So the news we already that isn't it's new today, but it's there's a second part to it. Oh no! So the news we already knew: Josh Gordon hits IR. Yes, yes, Josh Gordon did hit. But IR. the the heavy rumor is the Patriots will be letting him go. <laughs> oh man, is that is that legal as far as the CBA goes? So what it would mean is he'd be an IR. Then once the season's over, bye bye, Josh. Yeah, Gordon. yeah, they would let him go at the end of the season. Okay, that I guess that makes sense. Because I mean, there's no limit how he would have an IR. It's like he'd be wasting yeah. the spot, but likely he won't be playing another game in a New England uniform. I, I don't think he'll be playing another game. Period. I think this is this kind of spells the end for Josh Gordon. The, the, the just the bitter end. I mean, I mean, I, the guy's been suspended so many times. He's been and. He's been beat up so many times. Uh, he's been injured. He's, I mean, I, I just can't. I can't. At this point, we're, we're what, eight years into his tenure? Ten years? Something like that? I mean, I can't. 
If I'm any NFL team right now, I just can't deal with Josh Gordon anymore. I, I agree. I mean, and because I'm not even fully – he hasn't even been back long enough for me to say that he's fully clean and able to not be stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the big problem I'm having with Josh Gordon right now. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Josh Gordon, yay. And everybody got all excited. Well, for what? For what? You know, you, you want Josh Gordon. I want I want Josh Gordon to be successful. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't want Josh Gordon to be successful. I just I can't anymore. I can't. How many times is this guy going to come back in the league, he's going to get signed somewhere, and he's going to get suspended for drugs, or he's going to get suspended for DUIs, or he's going to get suspended for weed, or he's going to get hurt? I, I just can't anymore. He's going to put himself in rehab. Yeah, I, I just can't. I can't anymore. And also, side note, you, you, you know that uh, On and Cook were not drafting the same year, right? Yeah, I know that. You're saying something about kicking themselves for drafting Carrion above Cook? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm The Detroit Lions, when Dalvin Cook was getting drafted, when it, the Minnesota Vikings, the basically the Lions passed on Dalvin Cook. They passed on him, and he went to the Vikings, mm-hmm. and the Vikings wound up drafting him. A lot of people were saying, oh, the Lions are going to draft Dalvin Cook. Please draft Dalvin Cook. Please draft Dalvin Cook. And then guess what? They didn't draft Dalvin Cook, and the Vikings drafted Dalvin Cook. So a lot of people were saying that they wanted Dalvin Cook in the first round. A lot of people were saying that they wanted Dalvin Cook in the second round. The Vikings went and got Dalvin Cook. If, if I'm not mistaken, the Vikings traded up to get Dalvin Cook. In that second round, um, what I will say this year, yes, Carryon Johnson sucks. Mm-hmm. But up until he got hurt last season, um, he had a five point four average. And this season's been the bad year, but last year he was he was on on fire to do something really great. Uh, how many games did he play last season? Um, he had one hundred and eighteen attempts. One hundred eighteen attempts. Okay. So, and and how much yardage did he have? Six hundred. Okay. So one hundred eighteen attempts. So if you if you multiply that by two. You know, and and I'd have to see the the caliber of defense he was also playing as well. That'll be another thing. Um, and then Cook on, on last season with an additional twenty attempts had six fifteen. Okay, and he was sharing carries with who? Latavius Murray, a lot of times. But on the attempts, looking at attempts to yards, um, Carryon had a better season than Cook last year. Mm. Last year, Karen Heather had a good year until he got hurt. Although, although one thing I can say that, that is significantly different or was significantly different for the Detroit Lions last year was what? And and for, from the Lions to the Vikings, what was different for both those football teams last year? What am I missing? What did the, what did the Detroit Lions have that was far superior to the Minnesota Vikings? I don't, I don't think anything. A better offensive line. The Vikings had the worst offensive line in the league last year. So now the Vikings actually have an offensive line, and Dalvin Cook is tearing it up. But the Lions had the worst offensive or the Vikings rather, had the worst offensive line in the league. They couldn't get anything going. I mean, a lot of it also has to do with the offensive line. You saw it with for Kirk Cousins, too. Kirk Cousins was, was slammed all last year as well. No offensive line. There was nothing. No, you're right. I, I guess my, my point here is um, I'm not going to – this year has been, been, a, been rough for Carrion, but I'm not going to say Carrion had a bad season last year. Lions, Once he got hurt, he had a, he had Lions, a good season. Lions had a first-round center. They had a first-round center. They they had, they had you know, first-round tackles. They had first-round guards. I mean, and, they, and, and, and he averaged 5.5. So they, I'm not, not going to sit here and say that Carrion – T.J. Lang on the field for I'm, half I'm just not going to sit here and say that he's always played bad. Carrion's played great ball until he got hurt last season. I, I can't say he's played he, he hasn't been the same since he came back. 
Uh, yeah, I can see it. I can. But before he got hurt, he was one of the best running backs in the league. I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. I can't say he's one of the best in the league. I can't. Up to the time he got hurt, he was top three in yards. Number one in yards per carry. I, I can't. I can't buy him. I can't. I'm I, just saying, just through, through the time that, of all running backs through the, the first six games, wherever it was, he was the number one slash number three running back. So that That's like saying, like, Dalvin Cook, because he had those three hot games in his rookie season, that, that he was just, you know, a maniac. I'm just saying, through that time period, he was one of the best backs in the league. Ugh, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't buy Carrion. And just, I, I don't buy Cook just because he's having a couple good games right now. A couple good games. A couple good games. He said seven good games. <laughs> so what if he gets hurt tomorrow? If he gets hurt tomorrow, then, I mean, you have good running backs. you got Mackenzie Alexander. Are you going to say that he's he's worth giving a long-term contract to? If he gets hurt tomorrow, miss the rest of the year. If Dalvin Cook gets hurt, miss the end of the year. Because well, this I mean, is the first season yet you've really praised Dalvin Cook. Every year you shouldn't on how, how injury-prone he is. Yep, I have. But Dalvin Cook has proven that, that he's an all-star. He's but, proven it. But if, with your logic, seven games isn't enough for me to write home about it yet. Uh, not yet. Not yet, no. He's, he's got to keep it up. But Carrion Johnson has not kept has not brought them to the prom, the Lions to the promised land. Carrion Johnson hasn't been this this monster runner that's that's been running for the in running for the MVP. He he hasn't done it. Dalvin yet. Cook hasn't hasn't taken Vikings to the promised land. Here's, here's, he wasn't there when they when they were on their playoff push. But here's Dalvin Cook pushing for the MVP right now. He is through seven games. Through seven games. How many yeah. times we've we seen players look like they're going to win the MVP and then they end up not in the top ten for even being considered for it. It's yeah, early. I mean, it's it. Like, how long was the list of people I sent you earlier? It was pretty damn long. Yeah, like, it's, it's still long. it's still early because a lot of play, like, the stat line for everyone is still kind of close. It's going to start to break off. And like I also said, Dalvin Cook has not had the benefit of a great offensive line throughout his entire career. Throughout his entire NFL career, but he's last, got it now. He's got it now, and he's he's showing it. He's working with it. Carryon Johnson had the had and still has the benefit of a good offensive line, but but now Vikings offensive line is twice as good as the Lions. I don't know about all Vikings that. Vikings have the top three offensive line in the league. When the Vikings, they don't have the top three offensive line in the league. But what I will say is that they've been incredibly better when it comes to the run. Absolutely, when it comes to with Josh Klein, Pat offline, and, and Garrett Bradbury inside, it's different. But you can't sit there and tell me that Rashad Hill has been you know an all star. You can't, you can't tell me that Riley Reef has been doesn't an all-star. Doesn't need to be, because so far, your boy Bradbury is turning the offensive line around the same way that Nelson did the Colts. Ah, and there it is. There it is. I'm so glad you finally admitted it. I'm so glad. And that's I was going to call you out for it this week, too. And, and you called yourself out for it. So, no, because I, I, we're, we're talking in the chat, but I actually went back and listened to that episode, uh-huh. and you actually misquoted me. I never used the word overrated, mm-hmm. and I never compared him to Quentin Nelson. No, I, I said that I, I think he's going to be as good as Quentin Nelson. He's going to transform that line, and you said absolutely not. I said I don't think he will. I, I, I said I, I just don't. I, I said I think he's going to be good. He's not going to be as good as the one who went above him. And All right. Oh, oh the, the lineman that went above him that hasn't played? Yes. <laughs> that has not played a game but in the league? But I, I never said that Bradbury was going to be bad, and I, and I never said he's, he's overrated. But Garrett Bradbury. I just said he's not Quentin Nelson. But is he? But not? so far he is. He is. Well, he, okay, he's, he's still not Quentin Nelson, but so far he's make, he's made a big leap, more than what you'd expect one adjustment to an O-line would be. He hammered Snacks Harrison last game. Hammered. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you, you can't, you can't. Deny I think the Harrison's overrated. You can't deny the greatness of Garrett Bradbury at this point. 
You can't deny how good he is. Again, let's see a full season, but so far, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. He's been top notch. I'm just, I, I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't misquote me. I, I, I'll, I, you call me out, and so I say the show. I go back and listen to that. Show. <laughs> You're just so angry about it. No, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, Dalvin Cook. I, I don't think that the Vikings' O line is ten times better than the Lions right now. I think the Lions have a good O line. Matt Stafford has performed very, very well. And and he has done it behind a good O line. That that offensive line has kept him pretty clean. He only he was sacked twice last last game, and he, the fact that he was only sacked twice against arguably the best front four in all of football shows you how good that O line is. Carryon Johnson has not been getting it done. He hasn't been. It's just a fact. Carryon has not been getting it done. All we heard when when Frank Ragnow was drafted, what do we hear? Non-stop, Lions fans. Ooh, Frank Ragnow, he's the best center in the league. He's going to be amazing. Oh, my God. Frank Ragnow is the savior. I, I always hated Frank Ragnow. Frank Ragnow comes in, and guess what? You know, carry-on isn't getting it done. Frank Ragnow, that's all we heard was Frank Ragnow is, is such a great center, and okay, carry-on's not getting it done behind this supposedly great center. So I am I going to blame Ragnow or something? I'm blaming, blaming carry-on. i got to blame carry-on here. Frank Ragnow is supposed to be a, a showstopper. So Carrion's not getting it done. I mean, it's just a fact. Carrion has not gotten it done. This season, no. But I'm saying last season, I'm, I'm not going to crap on him. I have to. I have to. I'm not going to crap on a 5.5 average. He has a good O-line. He has a good O-line. Vikings didn't have a good O-line. They haven't had a good O-line for two years. <laughs> they got it done. So, I mean, I like I said, I can't. But anyway. So, in speaking of the Lions, since we're talking, well, first of all, speaking of the Vikings, uh, they did release Marcus Sherrills today as their kick returner. Um, the Vikings let Sherrills go after, essentially, Mike Hughes comes back and takes over the kicking returning duties, kick returns, and then uh, they also have Amir Abdullah taking care of the kickoff duties. Uh, Sherrills was brought in as a kick returner. It's kind of confusing to me because, um, you know, Sherrills is a good kick returner. And when they have Mike Hughes bringing back uh, uh, kicks after coming off of an ACL tear, you would think that they would just relegate him to his corner duties instead of putting him in a situation where he's going to be uh, returning kickoffs and potentially injuring himself. Am I right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, <laughs> quick question. Uh-huh. What what's what's your definition of um? The O-line rings. What, what what stat would you look at the most? I would look at sacks. I would look at yards per carry. I would look at the amount of for, time. For, for sacks, Lions were sacked more than Minnesota was last season. Uh-huh. What else do you want to know? Uh, well, quarterback hits. Um, okay, Minnesota's 15, Lions 18. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, cherry-picked those stats. There you no, go. no, I'm looking... <laughs> No, it's got Minnesota ranked as the as the fifteenth best O line. Here's here's the um, problem. Minnesota quarterbacks hit ninety five times. Lions quarterbacks hit eighty four times. Mm-hmm. So and sacks forty one sacks against the Lions, forty against Minnesota. There's a stat missing there, which we want to see. And when you you're not going to be able to see it um, because it's not going to be where you're looking. How many times did Kirk Cousins fumble the football in the pocket? Because he was his arm was whacked over because it doesn't count as a quarterback hit. Kirk Cousins fumbled the ball, I think it was twelve or thirteen times in the pocket last year. So they still were allowing Kirk Cousins to to get, you know, the ball batted out of his hand or he was stripped so many times. 
I mean, and and it I don't still counts as a quarterback hit. I don't think it counts as a quarterback hit. You know, it, and that's the question of the day is, is just, that I, the point I'm trying to make there was that um, Lions and Minnesota both had not great O lines last year. They're right. both this was in the middle of the pack. They both had just many quarterback hits and sacks and stuff like that. I don't buy it. But we'll argue more on this later. We can probably go for buy a it. while on this one. But So where were we at? We, we were at Minnesota releasing Marcus Sherrills. Okay. So it was not Sherrills. They, they released Marcus Sherrills as the kick returner. Do you think it's a good idea for Minnesota to take Mike Hughes, put him back in the punt re- return ordeal, and after his ACL tear from last year, uh, a good, strong-performing corner like Mike Hughes, who I crapped on after he got drafted, with, but he's played very well. With everything going on with Rhodes, I think it's a bad idea. some bad decisions. I think it's a bad idea. I think it's piss poor. You, you keep Marcus Sherrills on the field. You get through this game, and, and you, you put Mike Hughes in a situation where he's going to be able to stay healthy. And that's, that's, that's where I'm at. I, I think this is a terrible decision. Um, but Marcus Sherrills gets rela- released. Now, a lot of people are saying that the Vikings might be picking up another wide receiver spot because of the Adam Thielen injury, because Chad Beebe's down. And I don't know. I can't say that they are. I, I just I don't know how I feel about this. I, I think it's a bad thing. And uh, I think Minnesota, you know, Mike Zimmer needs to start rethinking about, you know, what he's doing as far as the kick returning goes. Because Marcus Sherrill's actually did a pretty good job kick returning for the Vikings. And he's done, he's a long-time Viking. He's done very well and, and had some big plays for the Vikings. So for Marcus Sherrill's to, to be released, I think that's a boneheaded move. Um, I wouldn't be sticking my, uh, Mike Hughes back there. I mean, I, I like the fact that they're putting Amir Abdullah back there because he's done very well on kickoff returns. But... I don't like the fact that that uh, they've got Mike Hughes back there kicking off or uh, receiving punts and taking punts back. It's just a dangerous thing to do. So there's that. Um, next up w- with the Lions, since we we're talking about the Lions, I'm going to jump right into this one. Quandre Diggs gets traded to the Seahawks for a Lions fifth round to the Lions. I'm sorry, to the Seahawks from the Lions. There we go for a fifth round pick. Tyler, how much of this is the Lions waving the white flag this season? I know that's where you're going with it, but um, it, uh, there was a report that came out that he got into it with, with Patricia, and I think it's one of those, since Patricia's a terrible head coach, <laughs> yeah. just, him just thumbs <laughs> you know what, to hell with you, you're gone. Here's so, And I want to build on that, too. So first of all, let's the Quandre Diggs thing, Diggs is a good player, Quandre Diggs is, and he's going to be very successful in Seattle. I think that, that Seattle just got a steal. The fact that they got they got him for I mean for chump change a fifth round pick they they got him for relatively nothing they didn't have to pay anything oh, no, for Quandre Diggs they they gave him away and and they gave him <clears throat> I mean he's a good safety he's a good player I just I don't get how Quandre Diggs I mean I don't give a crap if he gets into it with with Matt Patricia or not um, you you keep a good safety around you keep that guy happy you know I mean. I've, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. But but Quandre Diggs, um, and and the Lions lose a starter. I even if he got into it with Patricia, I mean it's it basically has this feel of the Lions waving the right, white flag. On it the may side. have that feel, but it's I, I put it more as Patricia's like I'm his way of saying don't don't argue with what I'm doing. Just, I'm going to get rid of you. It's almost that Gruden approach. You know, uh, you 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 give up a fifth rounder. For, uh, uh, you know, a, a 26-year-old safety. I mean, it was like highway robbery. 
I mean, really, that's that's what it is. It's highway robbery for a starting 26-year-old safety on a brand new deal. It's highway robbery. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. These are the type of moves that get GMs fired. Mm-hmm. And and as far as as Matt Patricia, he is a terrible head coach. I I remember you know people got all excited. Oh, you know we're bringing in this defensive guru from New England. Oh yeah, you remember that that yelling and screaming going on in Detroit? See, I never, I don't remember a lot of yelling and screaming. I remember a lot of people being pissed about it, and a lot, and a lot of people being happy about it. A, a lot of people. It was, it was a mixed bag. Well, it was a mi- but the people that were happy about it, you always heard. Oh, the guy's a defensive guru. You always heard that term. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a defensive genius. He's such a good defensive coordinator. Look at his stats, and you and I went over these episodes ago. Like, like the got that defense now, and they had they ever had him. Patricia was there. Well, I don't know about all that, but one thing I will say about the Matt Patricia defense is, is he was so hit or miss. What do you mean you don't know about that? We we agree they're probably bottom end top ten. Uh, Patricia's defense never even top ten in New England. Yes, they did. Patricia's defenses were hit or miss. They some years they were twenty fifth, and then other years they would be like ninth. Okay, and you, then you is know that what you want a defensive guru? Yeah, no, you, that's not. I'm not saying that's what you want. But but the fact that and that was the point I was getting at is that I I don't think that that New England's defense is great now and I can't sit here I I just can't and say that New England's defense is great because they've taken on nobodies I'm so tired of hearing about how great New England's defense is and how they're all oh, the New England Patriots have the number one defense in the league blah 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 guess what the New England Patriots took on Luke Falk they took on Matt Barkley. They they took on the best quarterback. They, the only good quarterback they took on was Ben Roethlisberger with the, with the, with the with the shell of their former team. Yeah, and that's it. They haven't beat anybody. They haven't done anything. I can't buy the New England Patriots. I'm so tired of hearing about how great their defense is when they didn't beat anybody good. They didn't. It's like years ago when the Lions went to the playoffs. Remember that? Everybody's all excited. Oh, the Lions went to the playoffs. But they didn't beat a single team over eight and eight. They didn't. And now we're sitting here talking about how the, the Patriots defense is number one in the league. Well, great. They're number one in the league, but they faced a bunch of nobodies. And they're not even number one by a lot either. Yeah, but they faced a bunch of and nobodies. And they faced nobodies. They'd fall like six or seven, I think. Right. They, they faced the Jets twice. Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. You, you got to face a, a rookie quarterback in Daniel Jones that didn't have any of his, his top targets on the field. Sterling Shepard out. Evan Ingram out, Saquon Barkley out, and I'm supposed to sit here and think that that the Patriots are world beaters? No, I can't. I can't. And that's not to take anything away from a guy like Stephon Gilmore, who's a damn good corner. Gilmore's a great corner. I'm not going to say he's not. But has, has that New England Patriots defense been something amazing? No, it's not. Please, spare me. I, I think I it's can't. very good. I think it's the, the best defense they've had in a decade. I I, but, th- I do too, but, but it's I, just not number one. Or no, two or three it's or four. not as great as anybody's making it out to be. I think I think they're they're pushing that ten that ten spot, maybe just outside that top ten, and I can buy it. I can I can buy that, but I can't buy a New England Patriots defense. Oh, they're the best defense ever. Look how great they are. Blah, blah, blah. You didn't face anybody good. You have the softest schedule in the league. It's soft. I, I agree 100% on that. It just is. It's soft. And I, I just can't. I, I can't, in good conscience, sit there and just goo-goo-ga-ga over that, that Patriots defense. I just can't. And I'm I'm going to – there's probably one in here, but I'm not going to say they're hit or miss. I'm, I'm going through all, all the last years of 
Patricia's time in New England as their defensive coordinator. I'm, I'm, I'm not through it all yet. 2017, 29th. Uh-huh. 2016, 25th. Uh-huh. 2014, 24th. Uh-huh. Like, I'm still going back. Like, if they had a top 10, I mean, this isn't hit or miss. It's, hey, I had one great season. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, Patricia's never been a good defensive guy. Seventh in 2013. We're yep, talking. Yep. So seventh. I mean, that's a top ten defense. Yes. Okay. But does this scream defensive guru? No. I and that, that's the thing. I never thought he screamed defensive. I, I like I said, oh, I, seven and eight back to back. Yeah. I I think he was a hit or miss. Okay. That was his first two seasons. But how much of that did he? Right. Did He's, he? Did he? Um. Inherit regress. It? Yeah. I mean, he. I like I said. I thought Patricia was hit or miss. Looking at his five years in New England or his time in New England, I he was hit or miss. Seven, eight, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-nine. I mean, the guy gradually got worse. I don't buy him as a defensive. That's why I think he inherited. I think players and I think people look at New England and they go, "Ooh, it's the Patriots. He must be good, and he's not." That's what you get. It's Belichick's team. Yeah, and that's what people look at. They just they just look at it. Oh, it's the Patriot way. You always hear it's the Patriot way. Colts got lucky not getting uh, McDaniel's. Yeah, I mean, like I said, people just go, "Ooh, it's the Patriot way." I don't know about all that. McDaniel, I don't know. Daniels is the easiest team on that team. He's the old coordinator yeah. for a guy who's gonna who's running the place. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's it's easy, it's easy. So I mean, I, I just I don't buy Matt Patricia. I just can't. Um, but at the end of the day, they're handing away Quandre Diggs. Horrible idea. Horrible. And and Quandre Diggs, he's a, he's gonna be very good in Seattle. And Seattle will give him an extension. He's gonna have a nice long career now. Now that he's gotten out of this dump hole, this dumpster fire. Of losers here in Detroit. Now I keep saying that, but they're losers. That's it. Now, the fans, the Detroit Lions fans, losers. End of story. Um, next up, another guy. Weird trade. This one was a weird one. Garyon Conley traded from the Raiders to the Texans for a 2020 third round pick. I thought this was a uh, an undersell. Um, I think that the the Raiders didn't get a very good return on a guy like Garyon Conley, who's actually a very good corner. Um, Texans get a good corner out of the deal. I'd have to look at, at Conley's contract here. I'm going to look that up right now. But, um, yeah, that I, – I don't understand. I don't understand why you would why you would just give him away. Um, I think this is kind of the Raiders waving the white flag on, on the season too. I mean, if you look at, at Gary and Conley, he still has two years left on his deal. Um, he's, in, he's with basically through the 2020 season, so it's it's definitely not a rental, and he's cheap. So I mean, you you're giving away a good cheap player. I don't get it, and that's what makes it seem like they're they're and and really it's his rookie deal. So he's he's got his fifth year option in 2021 that the Texans can pick up for his 26 year old season. So I mean, this is the Raiders waving the white flag on this season, saying, "Look, you know we're improved, and this we we've given you the the stuff that that um uh we're improved, you know, but we're not ready to be contenders." yet and and uh yeah it he's he's their secondary the Raiders secondary is is injured right now and now you're giving away Gary on Conley I I don't understand this move I I just won't I can't I don't I'm I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that a lot this show I I can already tell I, I can't I can't I just can't um so there's that uh, the 49ers, uh, they made a move for Emmanuel Sanders, the aging receiver that's kind of, well, that's definitely regressed over there in Denver. He was the number one. 
Um, this is again another team sellers at the trade deadline. I think this is what I, I like the trade, just not the price. Yeah, I, um, I feel third like, or fourth round is a little much, but obviously yeah. at this point, still been undefeated. 49ers are, are, are going for gold here. Yeah, they are. Uh, I think the Niners they, they overpaid for Emmanuel Sanders, um, an aging receiver that has regressed big time. A third and a fourth round pick is definitely too much in this situation. Um, is Sanders good? Yeah, but he's not the guy that we remember. You know, he's he's not, not that guy. Not by a long shot. No, and, and he's not that one-two punch guy that we saw years ago, um, you know, with, with him and, and, you know, all those those players that they had in that Peyton Manning Super Bowl team. He's just, he's not the same guy. So um, he is is uh, with the Niners now. Does he see success in the Niners? Do, do you see him being successful over there? I mean, is it or is it just going to be a situation like Golden Tate where he's just, you know, kind of nothing. I think he's slowing down. I mean, he'll probably see a, a, a uptick in success just because the team's a little bit better. But yep. I, I is Garoppolo a better quarterback than your boy Joe Flacco? He's got more weapons and more available for sure. Yeah. Um, because we both thought that that Niners are going to be be a, a shit a shithole. Mm -hmm. But he, they got more in place. The defense is, is in a better spot. They got it. They got a young. Running back combo over there. They and they got receivers that are getting the job done. Now, bear in mind, the Niners really haven't played anybody spectacular either. Bear bear that in mind. But you know, do they do they have more weapons over there? I agree with that. You know, I, I your number one receiver shouldn't be a thirty five year old core receiver. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I mean, I think it's it's Goodwin over there, isn't it? Is their number one? Yeah, who's been a stud. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, but if you if you look at the teams that the Niners have taken on, you got the Bucks, eh, Bengals, eh, Steelers, eh, Browns, second coming of super team, Rams who are regressing, and they just squeaked one out over the Redskins. So I mean, I, you know, do they have more weapons? I, I don't know about all that, but they definitely need more weapons. I I think the Niners, you're going to see some real tests for the Niners when they go up against, like for example, Seattle. Um, on in November, they're gonna they're gonna run into the Seahawks, and they run into the Seahawks in Week 17. So that'll be entertaining. They take on the Saints. They've got a tough stretch at the end of the schedule, as opposed to early on. If they're undefeated. Great, get excited, but heh, get ready, brace for impact because there's gonna be some trouble coming. Um, do I think this is a power move for them? Yes, this is a power move for them, saying we want to be a Super Bowl contender, and they have an opportunity. They're gonna make a little. They're going to try and, and kind of backdoor their way into it, I think, a little bit, you know, and that's that's kind of what it's looking like. So you got you got that, it's a, but it's a strategy that has worked in the past. It has, it definitely has, and so you could see it. Um, another one going on: Falcons trade Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots for a second rounder. I feel like this is a little bit of an overpayment. Um, a second rounder for Sanu, eh? Sanu's okay. Um, I is he going to be? Um, you know, an amazing receiver for them. I, I don't think so. I just don't think so. He's not Edelman. He's not Moss. Doesn't need to be. He's not a vertical threat. Doesn't need to be. Well, I mean... Peyton, or Tom Bray's a guy that, that, that creates his own team, and I think this is kind of a um a preliminary hit to replace Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, and that could be the move. I mean, throughout his career, I mean, Mohamed Sanu has been a career number two, number three guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he, yeah, it's all he needs to be. Yeah, I mean that's that's what he's been. I but I mean I I think the Patriots are pretty set at receiver. I mean you got Philip Dorsett over there, who hasn't really done 
I mean, oh he hasn't done a whole lot, but I mean, Philip Dorsett isn't bad. I, I mean, the biggest year for Sanu was was with the Falcons, 838 yards last year. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't buy Muhammad Sanu. I think this is, like I said, I think this is an overpayment for a guy who's been with the Falcons for four years. It's a rental. It is a rental because mm-hmm. Sanu, if I'm not mistaken, signed a four-year deal not too long ago with the Falcons, or in 2016, rather, in the 2015-2016 the offseason, rather. If you got a team renting players, yeah. maybe it's a sign that their quarterback might be retiring. Yeah, it could be a thing. Could be a thing. So uh, he's he's more or less a rental at, at this point in time. Um, we did have a, a few. Well, one thing I want to point out: Vic Beasley for the Falcons. Speaking of which, is also on the trade block for for the Falcons. Um, Falcons are throwing the, in the towel. Yeah, they're throwing in the towel. I mean, Vic Beasley's a great player. Too. Ravens make the call. Yeah, <laughs> Vic Beasley. Yeah, they could use a guy like Vic Beasley. Um, so, so that could be, be something to, to really kind of look at. Um, the, we also had a, f- a few signings, a few cuts, uh, the bears, they went out and signed uh, defensive end, Brent Urban, um, who actually, you know, was just recently cut. Urban's a good player. Mm-hmm. He's a very good player. He's I'm, on that, that, that nasty Ravens defense from last season. Mm-hmm. And Urban is going to, uh, I think he's going to be a great piece for the bears there. Um, especially because the bears just lost a couple of, uh, defensive linemen as it is. So they get a good defensive end out of the deal. I like Brent Urban. I think he's a good player. He's going to be a good fit for them, especially with that pass rush. So um, there's that. Uh, next up, the uh, Giants went out and they signed the former Bucks linebacker Deion Buchanan to a one-year $2.5 million deal. Giants get sort of a rental on a discount. Buchanan's a good player. Uh, do you like this signing, Tyler? I do. Um, it tells me the Giants are starting to try to – Build a little bit, and they, they they have some faith in Daniel. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, here's the interesting thing. So the Giants have had three linebackers out for the last couple of weeks here. So three of their starters out. Are they trying to just fill that role to try and be a contender at the moment? Is this signing of Dion Buchanan kind of like, hey, have faith in us. We will re-sign this guy for the long term. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a rent, it's a rental for this season because the Giants aren't one of those teams that are in a rental type type of situation. I mm-hmm. I think they're looking for long term. Yeah, and I think it's just a, a case of trying to lock him in for a minute, just so they can go, okay, here's your deal. So that could be a, a thing that's that's going on. Dion Buchanan signed with the Giants, and they got him on a discount. They they really did. Two point five million dollars is not a lot for a good player like Dion Buchanan. Oh, for sure. So I mean, he wasn't really getting used much over there in Tampa. Uh, Bruce Arians didn't like him a whole lot. Well. I'm sure the Giants will. So he's going to see some playing time as well. You're going to see probably see him start within the next week or two here. Um, we also had uh, the Eagles make a pair of cuts. Uh, they cut cornerback Orlando Skandrick. I'm kind of surprised by it because the Eagles have such they're, – they're so depleted in their secondary. And at corner and at safety – that was a surprising move. Maybe he's slowing down. Maybe, I mean, I, 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 I had to, to watch some tape, but I mean, he's he's been as he's been a, a veteran journeyman. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, he's never been great, but been if, good. But if you're the Eagles and you're sitting there and you're going, "Hey, you know what? We got a massive amount of injuries to our secondary. Jalen Mills just got back. Are you really going to let Orlando Scandrick go at this point? I mean, it's so. Are they incredibly stupid? Or is there something we don't know about Orlando Scandrick? I, I, there's a question. I, I don't know. I, I think they're incredibly stupid, to be honest with you. I think what you're going to see is that I don't think they're that stupid. I think you're going to see a Scandrick. You're, you're going to see probably in about three days, you're going to see an article come out saying Orlando Scandrick has um, practiced with three other teams and uh, walked out without a contract. 
And it's I, think, I think he's slowing down. That, I mean, that could be a thing. He is, I believe, in his, his early 30s. I think he's 32 years old at this point in time. Yep, 32. So, wow, I'm the same age as Orlando Skandrick. Look at that. Old man over here. Yeah, I know. Um, and they also released uh, defensive tackle Akeem Spence. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like this. I don't think it's smart. There could be something there. I don't think it's just not smart. Their defense is struggling now, and and all of a sudden they're making these knee jerk cuts that make no sense. Akeem Spence is a good defensive tackle, but 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 what if um what what the reasoning is is um he's so slow that he can't keep up with tight ends. Like maybe 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 his age is slowing down. Who Scandrick? Yeah, I, I mean that could be the case. I, that's just one example. Like maybe there's something there. Right. There's the trait that he's not keep that it has. Diminished with age. Yeah, I mean, and that could be the case, but you know, Ronald Darby is is you know he's been hurt, and Jalen Mills just got back. Morris Claiborne is around. Avante Maddox. There's a lot of players on that Eagles team that that have been hurt. You would think they would retain those backups like an Orlando Scandrick. I'm surprised by it. I, it just, I guess, it just makes no sense to me. I I don't understand this whole thing. Um, now we do have a few, uh, more injury issues coming up. The, the Texans wide receiver, Will Fuller, he's to miss several weeks with a hamstring injury. Does this bode well for the Texans? Are they going to be able to make it through something like this? Here's the bigger question. Is it, is it time to call Will Fuller a glass receiver? I think so. He's, it seems like he's always having these great starts, these great years. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to deny he's a, he's a great receiver. This is but his he third year. Can't stay healthy. This is every his year he goes down with something. Third year in a row. So I mean, it is I, I agree with you. I, I think that's that's you know uh, um, I I think that's fair. I think he's glass receiver. I I really do. I, I you know you always hear about you know re- players certain players being uh, made of porcelain. You you you've heard that term before. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's made of porcelain. Well, I I think this is. Um, I think this is absolutely it. I think you're absolutely 110 percent right, DeAndre Hopkins. Is and I and I up. love Will Fuller. It's, it, mm-hmm. it breaks my heart to have to say this about him, but I hope that DeAndre Hopkins, because he has been losing touches too. Um, uh, this is this Will is his second year. He's a rook last year. Oh, Will Fuller was so second year hurt. So he's been hurt two years in a row. Oh, never mind. The, yeah, I was going to say dropped, I, this is this is fourth year. Yeah, I was going to say I thought it. I thought it was it was something, like but so. He is injury prone. And he's never started a full season. Yep. 14, 10, 7, 7. He's down all the time. So, I mean. I love Will Fuller, but he can't stay healthy. Nope. DeAndre Hopkins is the guy there. Always has been, always will. Yep. DeAndre Hopkins is the guy. So, uh, and he's going to be getting a lot more touches with with Will Fuller. Hopkins is still young, too, correct? 28, 29 at this point. So uh, we had a few other guys um, returning to practice, actually. Uh, Drew Brees returns to practice, um, starts throwing. Now, is that exciting for the Saints at this point, or are you on that Bridgewater bandwagon? What does this, what does this say about no, the Saints this, at this point? It's just a matter of time Brees coming back, and uh, Bridgewater will go back to the bench, but it goes to show how good this team as a whole is. Is Brees gone after this season? Only if he wants to be. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. But, uh, okay, so... If he wants to be, but that didn't exactly answer my question. And Hopkins is twenty-seven. Oh wow! He's... So, so that didn't exactly answer my question, though. Is Drew Brees gone after the season? No. You think he sticks around? He's got one more year, doesn't? Didn't he extend through the next season? 
No, no, he extended through this season, I believe. I thought it went through one more season. Two-year deal, 50 years. I thought he had an, another extension after that. Oh, I didn't think he did. Over, but, over the summer. Yeah, I'll check that out. I don't know. But Drew Brees, I I think Drew Brees is done after this season. I, I think he's he's kaput. Um, I, I think he's going to want to go home. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be done. Don't you? I mean, yeah. How, he's on th- through the 2021 season. Okay, so through next season. Two more seasons. Yeah, he's got. Well, yeah, so he had another extension. Yeah, got extended again. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy the Drew. Bre- I, I think. Well, he's got a potential out after this season. Yeah, that's the thing. He's got a potential out after this year for the the twenty one and dead cap. Which I mean, okay. So do do you do you take that out if you're Drew Brees? I, I honestly, I think he will. I think he plays through it. I don't know. He will still be here after after Brady leaves. Teddy Bridgewater is looking hot. They might just say, Drew, we don't need you anymore. I I don't see it. I, I don't I don't know. You could see He's looking hot, but he's not putting up gaudy numbers. Yeah, he's not putting up gaudy numbers, but he's getting it done. So I I don't know. They, that could be what they do. So Drew Brees could be on the honest. Bridgewater's not gonna be the guy that puts up fifty touchdowns in five thousand yards. <laughs> I mean I mean <laughs> that's not yeah, fair. Yeah, I, know. I know that's that's not exactly fair. But if if he's playing well and they're winning football games, that's that's the kicker. Um, so you're saying that if, if Breeze wants to play, are you, are you saying no Breeze? We're going to play the hot hand. Uh, I mean, if, <laughs> if, uh, but uh, if they can save the cap space, think about it from that perspective. Twenty-five million in cap versus what five? I mean, I, I I'm not going to say no to that if I'm an owner, and then I'm winning football games. You know, I I don't. Maybe that's just me. But then what if Bridgewater goes into the playoffs and gets blown up first game? Well, and then then you have an opportunity to develop a young quarterback because he's still young. I mean, that's I mean, Drew Brees is pushing forty right now. He is forty. Yep. So I mean, you. It's like okay, I if I'm an if I'm an owner, and Teddy Bridgewater's winning football games and he's healthy, I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater going. That's my guy. Just my opinion. Um, next up, uh, Titans rookie first round defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons. He's activated from the pup list. Uh, this is exciting news for the Titans, I'm assuming. I mean, if, if you're the Titans, are, are you excited to have Jeffrey Simmons back on the field? Oh, for sure. It's, it's, the, it's the pick they wanted, and they, they got him late because of the injury to begin with. So he hasn't started a game yet. Cause He's so, a potential first. He was a first-round guy. He was, he was supposed to be a top-five guy. Right. He was, they're talking about him going, like, top three. Right. And he dropped down the list because of the injury. Mm-hmm. So this is a big win for uh, Titans. I wouldn't force him back. No, not Because you don't all. need him this, at this point. But you're talking about um, easing him into it, and the next season, you, you'll end up, once you draft next year, you'll have two first-rounders just going to be able to go hard. Right, right, right. So there's that. Um, Russell Okung for the Chargers, he could return this week as well. Um, I think that's, I mean, the Chargers are in bad shape right now. They could use all the help they can get. If you're the Chargers, are you excited to have Russell Okung back on the field? It'll, it'll help. I mean, they haven't been incredibly sacked. No. So it's, so it's not, I don't think it's going to make, It'll make a difference, but it's not going to be huge. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a huge deal. They have much of their problems right now. Yeah, <laughs> you're telling me. Defense in particular. Yeah, yep. Um, now, we, we do have uh, Nick Foles practicing for the first time since his collarbone injury. Is this exciting news for the Jags, or are you on that Minshew Mania train? I think most Jaguar fans are on the Minshew train, but for as much money as he's getting you're not going to leave that in the bench especially when you're stuck with him for a while. Yeah. I I think Gardner Minshew is the future of that franchise. I really do. 
or are you trading for two, two first round draft picks right now? I, I'm trading. Uh, I'm trading Nick Foles right now for a massive cap hit. I would take the cap hit. Just, I mean, because you're you're not paying Minshew anything. No, you're not. But you just signed Foles, and you you trade him. You're you're putting yourself at a hit for I mean, four seasons. How how big would the cap hit be? I mean, that's the the question of the day. Because I mean, if the cap hit is ten or twelve, I'm I'm contemplating it. You know, I mean, and and the Jags they have the cap space. They do. Because they weren't gonna. I mean, they didn't sign Jalen Ramsey. Now, if they had signed Ramsey, it would have been a different story. But they they let Jalen Ramsey walk, and they're not going to eat anything. So they have the cap room to do something like that. So I, that's that's going to be the question of the day as far as that goes. Minshew looks like the future of that franchise, and I think he sold everybody else on the fact that he's the future of that franchise. That is a thing. So I mean, you have that. No, yeah, I think he's got the team kind of on his back right now, and I I, yep. I like Minshew better than Foles. I do too. I think he's better. I just, I've not, I've not, yeah, we've never liked Foles. It's just, I, I don't like Foles. They, I think Foles is trash. I, I, and we said they shot themselves in the foot drafting him to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't, not drafting him, but getting him the free agency. Yeah, yeah, the big contract they gave him to begin with out of free agency. Yeah, horrible contract. That was a miserable contract. Awful. Hate it. Yeah, they got an out of the next season. Yeah, so I mean, that, that could be it. That could be it for, for what they call him, Big Dick Nick. That's what they call, they call him. Well, he, he's going to be no job Nick. That's what he's going to be. Cap hit this year is 12 mil. Cap hit next year is 22, then 26 and 27. Let him go. Take the out. Take the out. Let him go. Um, we also have a, a few rumors swirling. Trent Green, he's been holding out of his contract with the Redskins. Um, the offensive tackle over there. Tyler, do you, if you're the Redskins at this point in time, with everything that's going on, with a guy that's in a contract year that's holding out for an extension, do you let him walk now if you're the Washington Redskins? Do you get him out of here? Yeah, rebuild. I, I think that's what they're at. I, I think, just don't I'm, – I'm scratching my head at the Browns. The Browns going for him tells me that – They're not sold, and they may probably made a, a knee-jerk bad move on that Austin Corbett trade. Well, just and, – and they're not sold that their season's over. Right, right. And and if they, if they pick him up, I mean, it could be good for Baker Mayfield. But, I, I mean, the Browns' most glaring thing is not just Baker Mayfield, but it's also their offensive line. Um, so, so you got questions about that. Trent Green could be a great addition to that team if they can get him signed. The question becomes, do the Browns have the cap space? I'm assuming they do. Um, but they could extend Trent Green to a long-term deal. So Mm -hmm. I mean, that could always be a plus. Also, last but not least, we got the potential trade suitors for Kenyon Drake. The most recent one being, uh, rumored to be the Detroit Lions. Kenyon Drake. Does he make a difference on any team he goes to? Was he just having a bad situation in Miami where they were not knowing how to run the ball effectively? Or is this a situation where Kenyon Drake is actually a good runner and he's going to go somewhere else and set the world on fire? I, I don't buy Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I, I don't buy Kenyon Drake. But but that's that's the thing. I, I mean, it, they, they are saying that Kenyon Drake is one of the... Um, you know, unsung running backs in the league. That's that's what we hear. I, I guess is the the best term I can use. They 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 say that Kenyon Bray. Who says this? John Gruden, Joe Buck? No, no. They. I mean, like a lot of people have said. Have, <laughs> like, I know a lot of people said it, but there's, I just, there's I been don't, high praise for Kenyon Drake. I don't which like Drake. I, I I'm not a fan of Kenyon Drake myself, but there's a lot of high praise for him. So then the question, but he's only played for one franchise. He's only played for Miami. So the question at this point becomes: Kenyon Drake. 
If he's is he just crap because he's in Miami, or is he crap because he's he's you know Kenyon Drake? I mean that's it's going to be the question of the day. I mean, we, we have to answer that question at some point. Now, if Kenyon Drake goes somewhere and sets the world on fire, I will, I will gladly be like, all right, Kenyon Drake, he's a world beater. Let's keep in mind Miami made the playoffs twice in his time there, and he's, he's never crossed that 100 yards. Yeah, and, and they, I always have issues with the whole they made the playoffs twice thing. They back their way into the playoffs. I, I can't – they back their way in. They, they were never like a double-digit win team. They went in there after being what eight and eight one year. I oh, mean, okay, but teams win super. All I gotta do is make. We always say all I gotta do is make the dance. All I gotta uh, do is make the dance. God, I hate that. I hate that. Be eight and eight, and uh, you know they made eight and eight, and they got blown out in the first round. I'm just saying. I mean, team. The first goal was make the playoffs. That's goal one. You were at the Super Bowl after you make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I. Kenyon Drake, I, it's, I it's the whole playoffs. Um, playoffs, I you know I want to see if Kenyon Drake can be the guy if he leaves Miami. I, I think I think you'll see that. I think he'll get traded. But if he gets moved to Detroit, he won't be that guy. Still, he won't be a guy no matter what. <laughs> no, like I mean, it really depends. It honest to God depends on what team he goes to. Nope, I, I think it does. Nope, be, you know if if he goes to a, a run first team, like say he goes to Denver, he might be okay in Denver. XFL, bud. You think he'll go to the XFL? <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete. That's terrible. Um, and uh, now, Tyler, that's all of our news for the day. And we got one more little thing to do here, and we got to take care of business. It is um, our predictions. Uh, currently, we, we what's our records here? I got, you got me by three games right now. Um, you are 63-43-1, and, and I'm 60-46-1. and one. Wow. So right now I've got a, a, a nice lead, but we know how quickly that can blow up in my face. So that'll be fun. Um, so let's get your handicap. Yeah, let's get down to it. Um, let's get to our predictions in Week Eight of the NFL, starting with tomorrow night Thursday night football: Vikings and Redskins. The Vikings. Uh, I'm going with the Vikings. I have to. They're coming off of three no, big wins. 100 Vikings. Redskins can't handle it. Vikings. You know. Now I will. I will take Redskins if you give me 35 points. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. The Redskins. I will believe, not do it for thirty, though. Believe it or not, the Redskins still have a functioning defense, which I I was looking and I was like, really? Um, they still do have a functioning defense. I think they're ranked twelfth. So, um, I are they still a, a decent defense? I mean, I guess. But um, the Vikings, I think, are just going to slow down um, the quote unquote red hot Niners. Yeah, yeah, they did. But I I, I want to see the Vikings uh, come alive here. I think Kirk Cousins is hot. Um, you're, you're going to see the Vikings just start chucking that ball around. I'm going with the Vikings here. 100%. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Seahawks and the Falcons. Falcons are, are basically dead in the water. Uh, Seahawks. And, and Matt Ryan might not be playing, and Seahawks are pissed off. Yeah, I mean, Seahawks, uh, I'm going Seahawks all day. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's not a question here. Um, this one could be a little bit of a nail-biter. Um, this next one here, you've got the Eagles and the Bills. Bills are sitting at 5-1. and one. Eagles are sitting at three and four. The Bills really haven't played much of anybody either. The one good team that they did play, they lost to. The other five teams that they played, and, and really I don't know that that one good team is that good. The other five came, teams that they played have been crap. So I'm sitting here going, I don't know. The Eagles are kind of on the downturn. They just lost a tough one to Dallas. The Bills, on the other hand, sitting at five and one. I think they're coming off a bye. Um, it's tough. 
Yeah, they came up with Bobby Pittman. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to go with the Bills here. I'm going to give them a shot. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to take that risk. I'm taking Bills. Oh, look at you. Um, next up, kind of a toilet bowl type of game. Chargers and Bears. Bears are sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Chargers at 2-5. and five. Um, Bears offense is non-existent at this point. Mitchell Trubisky looks bad. Um, Chargers can't just can't win a game. They can't they can't win for losing here. I mean, it, it, it's just been rough. They're basically going to have to win out to make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to go with the Bears. I have to. I, I got to go with that Bears defense, even though it's Phillip Rivers on the other side. I got to go with the Bears on this one. I, I think that they're going to take this one. It'll be close, but it's going to be the Bears. We'll go with Chargers. Ooh, look at you, risky, risky man. Um, next up. From Detroit, you got the Giants and the Lions. Giants are sitting at two and five. Lions are sitting at two, three, and one. I gotta go with the Lions here. I'm going Lions as well. I gotta go with the Lions. I, you know, I like I like Daniel Jones right now, and I didn't like him when he got drafted, but he's he's turned me into kind of a believer. And as when we're talking about the quarterback crazy, I know it's not something you like, but it's something that affects young quarterbacks. Right. And also, I want to say that that you know, that each team has something going for them here. Mm-hmm. On the Giants end, Saquon Barkley is going to be in, in the game. And the Lions do not have a very good run defense. It's just what it is. The Lions, I think, are ranked 28th in run defense. They just gave up 142 in a TD to uh, uh, Dalvin Cook. And you also have a situation where the Lions have an all-star quarterback in Matt Stafford right now who's playing very well. Mm-hmm. So I... They're, each team has their pluses. Each team has their minuses. Giants have a lot of injuries. I have to give the edge to the Lions here. I'm going to have to go. Damn it. So uh, next up, you got the Raiders and the Texans, two teams that are, are kind of middle of the road. Raiders are 3-3. Three and three. Texans are 4-3. and three. Um, <clears throat> Texans still in competition for that division. I'm going with the Texans. I, I, I am too. Te- to me, Texans are better than their record. Yeah, I think Texans are not only better than their record, but I think that trade of Garyon Conley is going to come back and bite the Raiders in this one. Um, even though Will Fuller goes out the door, the Texans have enough weapons to get it done. Um, they still have Kiki Cootie on that team. I believe that the Texans are going to be taking that one. Uh, next up, you got kind of another toilet bowl situation. Jets and Jags. Garner Minshew. Um, I'm, I'm going with the Jags. Uh, I am as well. The, J- J- Go, um, Sam Ghost Darnold's not going to get it done even when yeah. he plays with his toenail problem. Yeah, Darnold might might not even play in the situation. Um, he's also you know throwing picks all over the place. You got to go with with the Jags in this situation, especially with how the Jags defense likes to play. So I'm going with them. Uh, next up, probably your blowout of the week: Bengals and Rams. Bengals are sitting at 0 7. Rams at 4 and 3. Rams coming off of a nice win there. I'm going with the Rams in this one. No brainer. Hold on. Just because it's in London? Yeah, it's always a blowout. It's always something weird. Just because it's, it's weird. London. I'm going with the Rams. <laughs> You're just trying to get me to take the Bengals. I'm going with the Rams. Um, Rams are going to blow them out. I, it's it's going to be going to be brutal, and the Rams are going to come out firing. Sam, and, and you know what? I, I, I'm taking the Rams. I, you you got to take them. You, you, can't, you can't go any other way. It's the freaking Bengals on the other side. Um, next up, you got uh, Cardinals and Saints. <clears throat> from the Superdome. Um, Cardinals on three-game win streak. Yep, Cardinals Ta- on a three-game Teddy game. Bridgewater hasn't lost yet. Yep, 3-3-1 three, three, and one for, for Kyler Murray. Teddy Bridgewater hasn't lost yet. Saints are at 6-1. and one. Bridgewater will play this game. Um, I'm going with the Saints at home. I, I think that's, that's the here. way to go. I, I 
I just got to go with it. Um, I think Bridgewater is just on a streak right now, and he's going to get it done. <clears throat> uh, next up, you got the Bucks and the Titans. Um, Titans are three and four. Bucks are two and four. Uh, Titans coming off of a win with Ryan Tannehill at the helm. I, this is kind of a toughie because you don't know what Bucks team is going to show up against a questionable Titans team. You know, I mean, and I know that you love Ryan Tannehill, and you think Ryan Tannehill is just the bee's knees right now. First game to start, he got the win. I know you just think he's the bee's knees. Oh, he's made the playoffs in the past. He backed his way into the playoffs and got blown out in the first game. You know, and and he, I just I can't buy Ryan Tannehill. But at the same time, I don't necessarily buy the Bucks here. I just can't. Again, I can't. I just can't, Tyler. I can't. Who's it going to be? Oh, you're waiting for me? I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm going with the Bucks. I, I think Chris Godwin has himself a big day. I'm going with the Bucks on this. I'm also taking the Bucks. Yep. Uh, next up, we got the Panthers and the Niners. Niners are 6-0. and Panthers are 4-2. and Niners haven't played anybody good, but the Panthers, they're kind of coming alive. I'm going with the Panthers on this one. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I think Christian McCaffrey comes, comes out in the mood. I'm going to go with the Panthers and give them a shot. I think the Niners have themselves a scare. Mm-hmm. They had the weird game. I think they um, get it back on this week and they get the win. Ooh, wow. I'm taking the risk, though, technically. Um, next up, you got the Broncos and the Colts. Uh, Broncos looking rough. Colts looking good. Jacoby Brissett coming off the fourth touchdown performance. I'm going with the Colts. I think Brissett is going to come out and do what he does. Yeah, I'm taking the Colts as well because at this point, the um, Joe Flacco is going to be throwing. He's going to be running. He's going to be giving the ball to Lindsey, and he'll be throwing the ball to the popcorn guy. Um, <laughs> one of the referees is going to sub in on the offense, and right. and. Uh, and uh, his, his wife actually is actually going to play and, and, and play receiver. Flacco's wife? Yeah. Oh, he's nice. going to be a receiver. Wow. See, and, and I love that you were just all on Joe Flacco's nuts last year, and and now it's like a different tone, and it's fantastic. Because, I don't care. Because he's, he's not a Raven anymore. That's why. Um, next up, you got the Browns and the Patriots. I'm going with the Pats. Oh, yeah. I just, I the Browns, I, I've said it once, I'll say it again. They are the second coming of Super Team. That's what they are. Second coming of Super Team. Looking that way. Yep. And then... I, uh, I mean, I, I honestly think they also... A, a better coach would put them in a better predicament. Yep. Because the team's there. They just need a, they need a disciplined coach to take care of it. I don't think Freddie Kitchens is the guy. No. I, I don't think he is. And and you know what? I think... They, they had their guy. They had their guy, Greg Williams, and they let him go. And Greg Williams is one of the great defensive coordinators in this league, even though he's a dirtball um, good defensive coordinator. So, I mean... I, I think this type of team... This is the type of team that... A guy like Bill Cowher could take to the Absolutely. Absolutely. The it's team a, needs yeah. that type of guy. Yeah, they, they need a, an all-star coach to bring it all together. So I, an all-star, like an all-star people's coach couldn't get it done. Tony Dungy wouldn't be able to get it done. He's too much you, you, too much of a nice guy. Yeah, you need you need a, a disciplining, hard-nosed coach right now. Yep. That's what this team needs. Maybe a Marvin Lewis. Even he kind of lost the team, though. Yeah, kind of. It's a possibility. I'm just throwing it out there. Marvin Lewis, I think we or Or... Maybe uh, your boy from Green Bay. I forgot his name. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, that's right. Maybe him. Mike Singletary. Ugh. Singletary's terrible. But anyway, um, there's that. Last but not least, well, not last, but Sunday Night Football, you got the Packers and the Chiefs from Arrowhead. Um, nobody knows if Mahomes is going to play, so I'm taking the Packers. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the same thing. 
<coughs> nobody knows what what if Patrick Mahomes is going to be out there. I mean, that's going to be the question of the day. You got to go with the Packers in this situation because it's Aaron Rodgers coming off a five touchdown performance. Yep, going with Pack. And uh, last but not least, Monday Night Football. Are you ready? Yep, we're going <laughs> Steelers and Dolphins. Obviously, we're both going with the Steelers. <laughs> oh my God, that's terrible. And uh, teams on the bye this week, you got the Cowboys and the Ravens. Cowboys, Ravens, and Steelers on the bye this week. Um, <laughs> Minnesota's also on the bye. Uh, yeah, technically. So are the Rams, too. They're just, just going to get a free vacation to London. You see, I just don't – I'm not even going to say that the Vikings are on a bye because, like, I originally last year when I was sitting there in week four going, oh, yeah, that, that game against Buffalo, that's definitely a win. And then next thing you know, Buffalo comes in and just mollywops them. I, yeah. God, I hope they do. <laughs> that would be my luck. Honestly, my, the Vikings lose weird games every year, so I, I never, you know, I never call that that one in until if, it's in. You know? If the stars align and the, the Redskins win, um, I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be so angry. Um, my my diaper party will now have a um, Redskins theme to it. <laughs> yeah, we do have diaper party weekend here um, coming up. Partially for you, because I know you're going to have a busy weekend oh, yourself, God. too. But. Moving. Oh, moving. Yeah, the studio will be moving. It'll be fun. Be the first time. See how it goes. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, be we'll be recording from Studio Freytown, I guess you can say. Right? Yeah. Yeah, studio's moving. So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for, for uh, this episode of the Outside Blitz. Just want to give a quick shout-out to our... Um, our uh, sponsor over there at It's Your Time Massage. You can check it out at IYTMassage.com or you can check it out at uh, It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Amanda's a tremendous massage therapist and uh, she does her job very well. Uh, us professional wrestlers love getting a good professional grade massage, so uh, I highly recommend that. Um, also, shout out to uh, Paul Crum for getting us uh, a lot of our sound bites and stuff like that. Paul, you are amazing. Thank you so much for your help. And uh, Tyler, that's all we got, man. That's it. That's all we got. Yep. So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. Uh, for Tyler Dean, I am your host, the fabulous Scotty Freytown, and we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.